Trent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. Friday, Jacksonville, heading into a Mother's Day weekend. So a special weekend for so many. So special that our moms may join the show today. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. This could be interesting. This could be very, very interesting. Uh, what's been interesting around Jacksonville for the last 24 hours or so just happened 24 hours ago. You know, 10 minutes from now is the Telvin Smith situation. What's the latest? The Jaguars comment on it, not just via a statement, but Doug Marone in front of a microphone today. If you haven't heard that yet, we will share that with you. And also what it means. What's the latest down at Jags headquarters when it comes to Telvin Smith? And even the salary cap questions that we had. And we try to advance the story a little bit. When it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, we'll ask a question or two, and you're always invited as you've thought about the Telvin Smith situation a little bit more, uh, as you digest it, and we all do over the last 24 hours. Uh, comments, welcome here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690-904-362-9901 is the number. We have some Blink-182 Lil Wayne tickets to give away once again here on a Friday on ESPN 690. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA. Big night tonight without Kevin Durant. What does it mean? How locked in are you? And uh, is this about the uh, climax of the NBA playoffs right here? Houston and Golden State. Even better than what might materialize in the conference finals, what might happen in the NBA finals. Uh, is this it this weekend uh, with some of these potential Game 7s, but first Game 6 between the Warriors and and Rockets. Hello, Austin Lane. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Scott in again for Coos. Uh, what's happening, man? Nothing too much. Uh, had a pretty intense sparring session last night, so a little banged up. But uh, I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm still here. I'm ready to give 110%. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the weekend, man. It's, yeah. a, it's a whole lot of hanging out and chilling. Uh, a little banged up, huh? I mean, what happened? I mean, that was took after a, I... That's why I, I gave you a few lefts and rights yeah. yesterday during the show. Yeah, that you did. Uh, yeah, took a knee to the side of the to the side of the head a little bit. Kind of like right in that sweet spot in the temple, Ooh, I guess they call that. Yeah. That can be dangerous. So immediately uh, felt the pain from that. Uh, Does that linger a little bit? It's lingering. It's lingering. Thank God for some Advil and some CBD oil. Don't worry, it's non-psychoactive. I'm, I know I get drug tested, so it's non-psychoactive CBD oil. But, I don't even uh, know what God that, that means, whatever is. you just said. So CBD, it's basically from like uh, from like the hemp plant, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's the oils in cannabis um, that promote healing and promote um, you know the help of uh, inflammation. And when it's like non-psychoactive, that means there's no... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Turn it up a little bit. <laughs> hey, Scott, that was pretty aggressive, man. You couldn't wait to get that going today. <laughs> so basically what it means is that there's no THC. The THC is what uh, you would feel for a drug test That's for. what fails people, right? Exactly. Uh, and I've got to be honest with you. I am not a marijuana expert. You're all good. Uh, but... It's obviously a huge topic. I, I think something just happened legislatively here in the state of Florida. Maybe it was across the nation. I, I just saw a lot of emails going back and forth okay. on CBS 47 and Fox 30. I think it happened yesterday, so I'll even have to read up on that. But we did have a question. We had a topic yesterday. We had a, several topics yesterday that we didn't get to because of the Telvin Smith news. Sure. And you know what? In a way, 
and and I I think this is a a a real roundabout way because we don't really know what's going on. But the Telvin Smith news almost brings this topic to a forefront, potentially even more. And that is, should there be, and this isn't me accusing that he's he's going to test positive for marijuana or anything like that, but from a the point you just talked about, healing, uh, how there is a big push, guys like former Jags, Eugene Monroe and Evan Britton, uh, that the use of medical marijuana should exist mm-hmm. in the NFL. And so that's what I'm getting at, by the way. Don't interpret that as a, a, a Telvin Smith is going to fail a test in, in any of these kind of ways. But I'm saying, does that even bring it to the forefront a little bit more? Does, does some of the stories we see about NFL guys bring the usage of medical marijuana um, and illegalizing it and not testing for it in the NFL, does it, does it have, do they have a case? Uh, essentially, and so we asked the question today, and we'll talk about it a little bit today. Should there be testing for marijuana in the NFL? And uh, we'll get your thoughts on that. And if you uh, want to jump in on that conversation, you can too. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one throughout the uh, program. But I-, I will say this: when we talk about that topic today, mm-hmm. uh, I-, I will admittedly say, I mean, I know enough about it from from what I, you know, have read. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not, I don't study the medical marijuana use. I don't study uh, marijuana use. I don't get into it from a political standpoint. I, I don't even honestly know where the stances are on it. I, I stay clear of that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say I'm coming from you more from a, a naive standpoint and, and broad standpoint than I am from an expert standpoint on that front. There are people that are passionate about marijuana but, use. But I think the casual audience member that listens to us isn't going to be an expert either. No, so but I'm a, just, so my point in that is this is not about a political conversation. Gotcha. It's not about trumping the, the flag for marijuana to be legal. And mm-hmm. I'll give you my thoughts on some of it where I stand, but uh, I think it is a conversation point in sports and mm-hmm. in the NFL. And that's where I want to approach it from. So uh, I think it, it is one of those dangerous topics because it can get political. Mm-hmm. It can get pound your soapbox about uh, marijuana. Uh, well, that probably isn't where I want to go with the topic, but more so singularly should it be tested for in the NFL? Should NFL players be allowed to use it uh, from a medical marijuana use standpoint, which, again, uh, so many folks are pushing for, former players are pushing for. Uh, so I think it's a, I think it's a fascinating topic uh, at this point, and we'll bring that up. Uh, we did not get to your rookie hazing story yesterday. Oh, geez, yeah, I forgot about that. Which we will get to. Stay in your lane, balling and falling, all those things. We have some high school lacrosse going on today. We have some JU women's lacrosse up at Michigan. Uh, we have some teams on the football field with spring scrimmages and, and uh, spring games coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks as well. And uh, LeBron on Magic Johnson. Might even be a tired topic by now, but a thought or two on LeBron James and this whole Lakers situation, especially considering they might call one of us to coach the team soon. <laughs> because it sounds should like everybody should put in our applications. I think real we quick. might. We might want to. Let's do because it. Because it sounds like everybody. I, I hear they are uh, accepting applications Dang still. It. I still have a, like a 
LinkedIn page. I should probably get on that real quick. <laughs> Do you have a LinkedIn page? No, come on, man. You don't? No, I don't either. No. Or I don't I have might, if I have that. a, I must have a page. Like I haven't filled out a page, mm-hmm. but I may have signed up for LinkedIn when it all started. But so. I get all these things uh, where it says someone wants to join you on LinkedIn, someone wants to you know yeah. friend you on however it's phrased. Yeah. But I don't use LinkedIn. So the only reason why I do have like a half done LinkedIn account was because when I was applying for this job, uh, one of the options for the resume was to just go through LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, that seems like an easy thing, you know, like a user-friendly interface. So I tried it and it was not user-friendly, a little too complicated. So then I had to go the old-fashioned way and actually write out my whole entire (laughs) resume, which didn't even really, I think, matter. But, you know, I want to take this job serious and I want to be professional about it. So I had to go back to to the days of learning how to do a resume. Thank God for YouTube and Google. It's, uh, I, you know, you remember how many, how many resumes seriously have you filled out? Was, because you, you're a football player. You didn't have to do that. This was probably my second one. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about it until I just asked you the question. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when I came out of school, I, you know, that whole spring semester before I graduated, it was working on a resume and in my business, working on a resume tape. Right, like a seven-minute tape of, yeah. of me on TV looking goofy at highlight looking film. like I was twelve. Yes, my highlight. Send reel, that highlight film, which was a, a highlight reel of uh, uh, bloopers, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but I sent a hundred tapes and resumes all over the country coming out of school. Dang. Heard back from one initially, and it was for like a promotions job in Zanesville, Ohio, which is borderline close to the smallest market in the country. <laughs> So it wasn't even for sports, even though that's what I was going to. And I was yeah. on the verge of saying, that's not too far from Columbus, where Steph is from. So, and we were getting married. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll, here's my plan of attack will be go work in a TV station in promotions or whatever and find my way to the sports office. And bam, you know, you got to get experience somehow. I'll do it on, even if it's not on TV, I'll go practice. Sure. Uh, and then two weeks before I was getting married, I got a call from Alexandria, Louisiana. Only two calls I I. I got Dang. out of a hundred tapes. Yeah. And that's so nuts, that's, isn't it? That's kind of my story getting recruited for college, man. No one's giving you a chance. And like I said, I mean, you said you Louisiana were a zero star. A- I was a negative star. <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana <laughs> took a chance on you, man, and it panned out. Yeah. The, the crazy thing about Louisiana, too, is I took a job. I mean, I'm literally, on, I'm in Rhode Island. Steph's in Columbus. We're getting married in two weeks. Okay. And just a little stressful. Yeah. I would, I'd be like, well, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, she okay. was going to be a teacher. I mean, she was making big bucks. Teacher. <laughs> and, uh, Shots fired on Teacher Appreciation Week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I always fight for you teachers. You should make more. Yeah. But so the, the, I call and I put her on hold. I can still visualize where I'm in, in my room, in my parents' house. And... I put her on hold, and the conversation goes for, like, 20 minutes, and she, like, hangs on hold forever. Mm -hmm. And so she thinks, like, I'm talking to the president or something. She has no idea why I haven't clicked back over. But it's uh, my friend now, Bill Bush, in Alexandria, Louisiana, part-time, 30-hour-a-week job in Alexandria, Louisiana to tote the camera around and report once in a while. And I'm like, hey, it's on. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I would admit, I seriously, I've said this before. I think if I had worked the whole year there, I only worked like six or seven months. If I had worked, it was basically a minimum wage job. I mean, I would have made, I think, like $12,000 that year if I worked the whole year. Jeez. But that was my job. I mean, talk about a little bit of a game. That's how you got to get in the business. No. You're like, hey. And, and Steph, she was breadwinner, man. 
she got a job. She she got a job teaching. Like bam. Yeah. She actually got called on our honeymoon. Okay. For the big cool total of. Twenty-one grand. <laughs> <laughs> what does she teach? Was she like a math uh, teacher? Matt, oh, jeez. Math teacher. Her. Here's the deal in Louisiana. Good not to rip on Louisiana because we absolutely loved it down there. Mm-hmm. But Louisiana, she we were on our honeymoon in Cancun, and she does this over the phone interview with a uh, uh, school in Alexandria, Louisiana. And so I said, okay, when you come back, you know, you guys are coming here. Come stop in. Well, she goes in for the interview. They actually handed her the key to the classroom. Because, like, 60% of the teachers are only have their bachelor's degree yeah. in, in Louisiana at the time. Yeah. I don't know if that's changed. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she had a degree and a degree in math was like, we don't need to interview you. She's the boss, basically. <laughs> there you she's, go. she's running that. <laughs> 21 grand. Yeah. So thank goodness for Steph. Yeah. Because uh, I was making like $5 an hour and <laughs> she was making like 9 But uh but props, to, props to Hall of Fame Miss Martin. But we Mrs. had, Martin. yeah, Hall of Famer. And uh, and we also, by the way, got a chance to go through the Daiquiri, drive through Daiquiri Hut like every day. Oh, there in we Alexandria, go. Louisiana. Drive so that was one of the best parts. I like that. If you've ever been to Louisiana, go through a, a drive through Daiquiri Hut. Do they have other drinks thing. or not? I didn't even check. I was going to say, that's a lot of sugar coming at you, man. It's a lot of sugar, Brent. We aren't kids anymore, it's man. One of the best things I've ever seen across my travels is that you could go through a drive through daiquiri hut and get a drink in uh, Louisiana. <laughs> I loved it. It was unbelievable. All right, when we come back, we talk to Elvin Smith. We'll hear from Doug Marone, and uh, we'll take you until 6 o'clock tonight. And again, your, your calls are welcome, 904 362 9901. What do you think? Uh, now that it's settled in, everybody's got an opinion on it. And I'll give you the latest. From what I understand and kind of wrap this thought up as, as far as we know. And I can give you a little tease on that. People don't know much about this Telvin Smith situation. It I have is, some opinions too on it, man. No it, worries. It, it is as unusual a deal as you can come across in this day and age of information. And I'll expand on that and we'll hear from Doug Marone coming up next. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the iHeartRadio app. All right, so Telvin Smith drops the bombshell a day ago. Exactly. We are now upon it. A day ago. You've all heard about it. Uh, We appreciate you listening to the show yesterday. Might have been record numbers listening to the show yesterday. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, It was very topical. It was fresh. It was new. It was um, bizarre yet interesting. And it still remains that in a lot of ways. And we've all guessed and talked about it and, and almost kind of tired of guessing at what it is, uh, if you don't mind me saying. And I still think we're guessing, though. That's that's the latest. The latest is there's still a lot of guessing. The communication hasn't taken place. We'll hear from Doug Marone in a moment. The curiosity of what is exactly going on hasn't changed. I think the – I've been impressed with the amount of people that have said, hey, man, get your life in order. You know, uh, and because they're, yeah, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's not the way it always is. Oh, no, I understand. Uh, uh, there's a big group out there that are concerned more about football, I think, than his well-being. Well, but I, I not, my point is I feel like I've seen more that are taking the tact of, hey, get it right. You know, mm-hmm. there are there are, there are those people. And by the way, there are football questions. It's a crazy business. It's a cutthroat business. And there are questions about the football side of it. But I have been... Uh, 
I've been actually a little surprised, at least on the social media front. We're not getting every bit of information. I didn't do a poll, but I've been a little bit surprised at how many people have been sensitive to the, hey, what's going on here? Get your life in order. This is a smart move, a good move, a, a good business move um, for him and from a personal standpoint. There are uh, two things that are on my mind on Telvin Smith, though. And I actually talked to a couple former Jags today, and, and the thing I came back to and said, I was like, what really is happening here? Because he's walking away from $10 million. Okay. Digest that. He's walking away from $10 million. Okay. And that's, so that, that, is, that is alarming. Nobody walks away from $10 million. It's and money, Brent. I get it. And, and I also say we're talking about a guy who we know from his past loves playing the game of football. Right, so it's not like all of a sudden he's just lost the love to play the game. I I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you with think that. there's any sense of that that he's no, lost he the love to play the game? No, he still loves the game. But what what I can't stand is the people coming up with a narrative. Well, oh, he's walked away from ten million dollars. There must be something else going on besides mental health. Really? Oh no, because it could be mental no, health. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, mental health issues. If you have an issue with mental health. People walk away from their friends, their families, and sometimes, uh, I hate to say it, but their life as well. Yeah, yeah. So $10 million is nothing if you're going through mental health issues. Well, That's all I'm saying. And, and, but what I'm trying to describe here is not build a narrative. I'm just saying that sticks out to me to show the enormity of the situation okay. for Telvin Smith. Is that because people don't do it. Listen, Justin Blackman walked away from $10 million. He lost $10 million. He basically froze his salary, his, his contract, because he had a, it a problem. He had a problem. He had an addiction, and he couldn't shake it. Mm -hmm. And to to us, I have not had um, a, a lot of folks in in family even um, or closeness to addiction. So mm -hmm. again, I can't speak first person, but a lot of people do. But it showed me at the time a Justin Blackman. Well, I remember talking about that story and saying, "Man, I I feel for Justin Blackman. I mean, the the depths of his addiction are so bad." or the depths of his issues are so bad, the demons are so strong, that he's walking away from $10 million. I mean, and, and again, I think we even at that time, and many people did, and it was, it was fair to do, is question his love for the game. Maybe he didn't love it enough to chase the $10 million. That's hard to, for us to comprehend, but maybe not the case. We don't think that's the case with Telvin Smith. The guy loves the game too much, man. You've seen him on the sideline. You've seen him after a game, before a game, at practice. I mean, he loves being out there with his guy. The Telvin we know loves that. So it's not because of that. At least I think we could jump to that conclusion. But just the that's what struck me today is the enormity of walking away from that money because there is no guarantee he is going to see that money now. Uh, we talked about it briefly yesterday. When you step aside like this, I think there is no guarantee at all that he will play football again. I, I, I don't know where I put the percentages, but I put it. I, I can't just tell you that, hey, he said on Instagram he's going to take a year off. We'll see him next year. <laughs> it's not that simple. I'm naive, but I'm not that naive. That is that is 50-50, man, that he comes back and plays in the NFL right now, in my opinion. I don't know, and I really don't think he'll end up playing with the Jaguars, but he could play somewhere in the NFL, and it might not be for $10 million is my point. So uh, that's the depths of this thing. I mean, that's the enormity of this, of whatever it is, and there is still very little information on whatever it is coming out of Jags headquarters. And I was told by somebody tonight, I thought they made a good point. If somebody tells you right now that they know why Telvin Smith 
is stepping away, well, all they're doing is giving you their thought and opinion. Because there are no facts out there right now on Telvin Smith. The only facts that we have are what do you, what do you put on Instagram. That's, that's it. what we have to go off. That's it. And what did he say? He said it was his family and his health. So that's what I'm going off of. See, until the, I, the line that got me is get the wor- my world in order, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, I highlighted health and family. So that's all I have to go off of because the coaches don't know anything. Um, none of his teammates, who I'm sure know a little more what's going on, they haven't come forward at all. So other than I, supportive tweets, well, Jalen Ramsey, course, Leonard Fournette, yes, yeah. and exactly. So there are this, but it's not like they're telling anything. Like, oh, he's got this going Absolutely, on, you know. Yeah. So we don't know what's happening. So all I have to go off of is what someone put on Instagram, what Telvin Smith put on Instagram, the guy going through it, and from what I can gather, gather either it's something mental health related or it's something family related. Two things that. Um, I think he's making the right decision if, that, if that's the case where he's walking away and taking care of it. Simple me, as that. Let me add one more. Instead of mental, it, it could be mental health, could be family, but it could be just health related. Or right. health related yeah, as well. Not I necessarily mean, mental health related. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something I mean, physical that's not right with him. Or, listen, yeah. I mean, Paul Pazuzzi didn't come back. He retired because he was going to need some a surgery. And oh, he didn't yeah. want to go through that. Yeah. And, and so he had to wrestle with that. Trust me. I mean, I, I saw firsthand how much Puzz sacrificed with his body to play the game of football. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Telvin Smith, especially the way he plays sideline to sideline so fast and um, not shying away from contact, maybe it is something that's more physical than it is mental. And I don't but think it is. I'm just putting no. them all out there as the multiple yeah. choice answers. Exactly. Uh, the, go ahead. The, the one thing that has been apparent though with people supporting Telvin or people going against Telvin is like well why didn't he get help um, from the NFL like the NFL is this giant resource of people where you can talk to uh, someone if you need to talk to somebody or you can see that they're the best specialists in every single field and yes NFL players do have that I have that you know that's been in, in line now since the lockout so there are a lot of things um, at your disposal for resources to get n- not only your brain but your body back in order. But, hey, NFL, guess what? Congratulations, because you gave all, all these players the tools to seek terms of mental health or physical health, but you also created the culture that says you're a weak individual if you seek out those things. Expand upon that. No problem. So you've been in a locker room, Brent. Yep. And, listen, I haven't been uh, in a locker room as a player you know, in a couple years now. But I can assume things haven't changed that much. And it's still that masculine, um, rah-rah energy type of locker room, whether it's the coaches preaching it, whether it's uh, teammates preaching it, but it's very masculine. It's very don't show any feelings, especially in front of the media. Don't cry. Don't do anything like that. Because if you cry or if, if someone gets on Twitter seeing you being a little emotional, People might talk bad about you. Yeah. So you're now, soft. You're, exactly. Thank you very much. You're the soft. The worst word of a football player. You're soft. Now, has it gotten better in the past decade? I, I imagine it has. But it, it's it's apparent. It's still apparent that that is an issue in NFL locker rooms and in NFL culture. So now we think about that. And now we think about if Telvin was to go seek out help. And let's say, once again, we don't know. But maybe he has some mental health issues going on. Maybe it's something mental. If he was going to go seek help out through the NFL, you don't think the coach is going to find out about that? And what are the coaches going to do, Brent? The coaches are going to make a note of that. Why? Because it goes on your resume. It's who you are. If coaches bring in a free agent, what do they do? They look at their medical history. They look at, okay, this guy might have had a knee injury, so uh, let's put a question mark. Maybe he's not healthy enough to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, if he's got a mental health uh, issue, 
You don't think coaches and GMs are going to look at that and be like, ooh, this guy had some mental health issues. He talked to somebody. I don't know if we can bring him on the team. And I'm not saying because Telvin just got paid, okay? But I'm saying if he ever got to the next contract, yeah, or, was like a, uh, I mean, or could get cut, decision yeah, exactly. making. Yeah, yeah. Um, teams are going to look at that. So, yeah, the, the, there are things at our disposal, the uh, NFL players' disposal to, to help you out. But at the same time, the culture dictates that it's probably not the best idea, especially if you're active, especially if you're not retired yet, to use those tools. Well, at least the Jaguars are trying to show a sensitive side here to what is going on, even though, again, from a specific standpoint, and this was argued much of the last 24 hours, how much the Jaguars know, and I will continue to tell you they did not know this was the end game for Telvin Smith for 2019. Yes, we can semantically say it was... We all wondered what was up with Telvin Smith and be ready for something, and you might want to have a backup plan. But this being the end game uh, was an unknown thing down there at Jaguars headquarters. Doug Marone talked today as he addressed the media right before rookie minicamp about the Telvin Smith situation. I'll go ahead and address the situation yesterday, you know, in regards to Telvin Smith and you know what he tweeted out. You know, obviously, I've, I have not spoken to him. Um, you found out the same information that I found out at the same time that I, that I found it out. And I think that, for me, I kind of put football to the side. You know, I think that, to me, is an afterthought right now in, in, in concern with Telvin. And I really believe in my heart that, that Telvin knows that we're here, you know, to support him, you know, in any which way. You know, not just myself, the coaches, the organization, his teammates. And I'm sure he's aware of that. And, you know, if all we can do is just make sure we pray. And 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 he knows that if, if he needs some support, obviously we're here for him. That's that's number one. So there's Doug Marone this afternoon, uh, I think, handling the uh, Telvin Smith situation best he could in, in that mm-hmm. regard. And that's all the organization can do. Again, they're a little bit in the dark here. They're mm-hmm. in the dark on what's going on. Um, I have one more thought about what's really interesting. You know, you brought it up yesterday about the age. Even if the player, the agent might say something. The more and more I thought about this, so I had two thoughts, right? The enormity of, wow, you're walking away from $10 million. This must be, this has some depth to it, man. Uh, whatever it is, it has some depth to it. And then the other part for me was, where's his agent? Mm-hmm. And that might not be a knock on the agent. My belief, and I think there are some people that do believe, he hasn't had communication with the agent either. And the, I'll tell you one bit of evidence why that is, at least in, uh, could support that. And it's a little bit of a guessing game here. Um, do we really know that? Probably not. But again, agents well, don't want to agents want to protect their player mm-hmm. but agents also don't want to burn bridges with organizations. Remember, it's not the only player whatever his agent will ever have. Right? So they don't yeah. want to burn bridges with organizations. So there, it, it doesn't feel like this is an agent beef with the organization. This is a Telvin situation kind of on an island here working by himself, I believe. And I think there's the, the situation indicates that. But I also I was watching like Ian Rappaport last night in the NFL Network, and they were asking about Telvin Smith's situation. And he could offer nothing else than what we could offer. Yeah. And in this day and age, when you watch Schefter and Rappaport and those kind of guys, where do they get the intel? Where do they get the information? They get it from the agents. And when those guys don't have anything from the agents, this is either an all-world, keep-quiet, hush-hush deal, or the agent's in the dark, too. And I Mm. think we might – I wonder if we'll find that out sooner or later, that one of those guys, the national guys, gets to the agent, or maybe one of us gets the agent, and be like, hey, I haven't heard from either. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know. But that's the tea leaves are adding up to say he's not even talking to his agent, which is really, really bizarre, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. Um, I know every agent's different. I can tell you from my experience with the agents that I had, um, they're almost like family. You know, there's someone that I talk to probably every third day of the week. You know, we uh, we stay in contact and we uh, we had a lot of communication open. And this wasn't just about football. I mean, it was just about, you know, ca- catching up with life, too, as well. Like, hey, is uh, do you need like a I mean, are you going on vacation? Do you need to rent a car? Like, uh, just, you know, random stuff that agents do. Uh, that's a good agent, you know. I mean, uh, I, I had no problem having agents at my wedding. You know, I mean, like I invited them. Like they're, they're they're part of the family. I feel like so. The fact that there's no dialogue going on between, I and mean, we think, like, well, we, once again, potentially, because let's be honest, all we have to go off of Brenda's information that yeah, we had before, I mean, we're and, kind of putting it together. and we're trying to analyze it. That's yep. that's our job. So, but that was one of my takeaways: is that I don't even think the agent's in the loop here. I feel like he's not either, because I think in Telvin's sake, then he would come forward and say something. Um, because even though, you know, Telvin chose to step away, the fact that there has been no dialogue between Telvin and the team, um, that's the agent's job. The agent is the bridge from Telvin to the team. And with no bridge, there's just, uh, there's a lot of questions going on, you know? So I think, uh, I think there might be something there. I think you're absolutely right where if you don't hear from the agent and if Adam Schefter and Rappaport have nothing to say and it's just stuff that we're repeating, then, yeah, it's it's all quiet on the home fronts, and if it's all quiet on the home fronts, there's no conversations going on. In one way, shape, or form, it's amazing that you can have this mo- this little information this day and age, in the information age, where everybody knows your business, mm-hmm. and that nobody really seems to know his business right now, which is almost as fascinating as it is scary. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because it feels like somebody should know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And maybe people do. Well, maybe it's a real close circle. And it's, it's like I said maybe. yesterday. I'm pretty sure there's guys in that locker room, right, or you know, guys on the team um, that know what's going on. Yeah. And they're being good teammates. They're being a good brother and not revealing that because that's not what yeah, you do. Yeah, and that's not their job to do that. Not, not their job. Yeah. Um, so fascinating uh, with Telvin Smith. I want to come back to, uh, and, and we're going to get away from the Telvin stuff, but you just went big picture on something. The culture, culture of an NFL locker room. And where it does cross over with mental health a little bit, uh, safety of the game, safety of the player, uh, commodity, piece of meat. Those are things that we've heard in the past in professional sports. And also how it might filter in and down the road to what the question we've asked today is uh, should they be testing for marijuana in the NFL? We'll get into all that next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Mother's Day weekend everywhere. And, well, our moms may join the show. Yep. I'm going to send my mom the script, what I want her to say here in the next couple of minutes. So we've kind of rehearsed a little bit already. Oh, she yeah. knows exactly what to Yeah. I think yeah. my mom's nervous. She's like, all right, what are you going to ask me? Don't put. Oh, I, no. I was like, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what we're going to ask you. I gave my mom a specific uh, script. I gave her some buzzwords. We're going to stick to it or she will be just banned from the clean, show. Just keep it clean, Just keep it clean. Keep uh, it clean. Trust me, I, I told her that button, too. button ready. Yeah. We only get one of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her uh, to get her money's worth. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, I think we'll hear from your mom or 
around 4.15. The, the, the key here is what I get to ask, like, two questions to your mom. Oh, I have five questions for your mom. Oh, five? You said five a couple days ago, did I, I say thought. five? I could have sworn well, you did. I'll ask more. Okay. I'll press. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to the bottom of it. Okay. <laughs> do what you got to do, man. <laughs> Um, I, I won't put her in too tough a spot, though. I, I promise. She Is your mom a sports it. fan? Uh, a little nah. Not really? Not really, no. That's funny. Like, not at all. And that's the <laughs> thing about, like, I think that's the fun stuff sometimes with my mom. Like, she is not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's not, not like it, but I'm just saying that, uh, not like crazy sports fan, mm-hmm. mom and dad. Yeah, I think the only sports picks that she gives, gets is actually listening to our show. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, and my mom's listened a lot and uh, and now and so that's kind of it i think she has fun doing that yeah um but yeah they're probably more knowledgeable in the last four months <laughs> yeah i'm sure they are and, and like i said before too i'm just blessed to have coos uh on the team as well because he makes me look good you know like with all coos is uh yeah some guy named coos because uh, with coos basically it's just like he says something crazy and it makes himself look a little bad what's up coos i'm sure you're listening right now and then i don't have to try so hard to impress my mom because i'm like well at least i'm not like coos right like <laughs> You did pretty good. So, uh, hopefully, Kuz's mom doesn't listen. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, she I'm hates kind of indifferent. You especially. Well, I'm kind of indifferent because she hasn't added me on Twitter yet, so we can't be friends Personal until I get vendetta. that. Yeah, I have. I don't want to say I haven't been, but that's an aggressive word, Brent. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not the happiest with Miss Kuzar right now. All right, so we'll get to moms uh, in a bit. Uh, let's get to South Beach Gary early, and then I want to get into the culture and NFL locker room, and of course, testing for marijuana on the horizon. What's up, South Beach? Gary, heading into the weekend. How you doing, man? Hello, hello, hello. Hey, what's up? Uh, I might have uh, clicked them off. My bad. Uh, what's up, <laughs> South Beach? Gary, how you doing? Good. I wanted to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Thank yes, you, sir. Uh, first of all, whatever's wrong with Kelvin, I just hope he gets the help if he needs help he needs and. Uh, Let's just leave him alone until uh, we hear something more. He might uh, be going through more than any of us even know. To, to speculate, I don't think does anybody any good. Let's just let's just pray for him and uh, hope he gets better and comes back to the football field soon. Straight whether answer, it be man. the Jag, whether it be the Jags or somewhere else. Because yeah, so look at good, He's an awfully good player. Hey, uh, Austin. What do you got? I won't ask any ask your mother any questions, but uh, tomorrow night, Hurd versus Williams. Who you got for the uh, IBF WBA? Uh, Man, Southie Gary pays attention to everything. I know he does. Breaking down the. I, I, I know Austin can. follows this. I do follow right, it. Austin? Yeah, no, I do follow this. I'm trying to think though, man. Um, give me Hearns by decision. Heard by decision. Heard, yeah. That's not yeah, going to be on Fox. You weren't convicted there. No, because it's see, I'm, I've been focused on. Like, I know of the boxing matchup. But I've been more focused on the UFC matchup coming up this weekend as well. Um, I know both of the boxers, but yeah, go ahead and give me him by by decision. Heard. Well, we know about guys basically with what uh, my man Xavier uh, Xavier Howard got yesterday that. Uh, Something in the ballpark of what Jalen Ramsey's going to be looking at, don't we? Well, I mean, it's going to be more for Jalen. That's on the low end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's, listen, That's we talk about Howard. It's one of the best guys in the game of that position. So I think the money that he got is well-deserved. He's been picking 12 games. Well, and that's what I'm saying, though. But anytime you pay a guy that much money, 
uh, you know, you got to kind of adjust things around on the team a little bit. So when Jalen comes along and listen, you, you can wait a couple years, you can franchise take him and do all that. But eventually he's going to want his money as well. And the, the more time that goes by, the more that price is going to increase. So you see what Howard got right now? I mean, you want to add another maybe $15 million to that at least in the next couple of years, I maybe $20 million? I look at it like you do, Austin. It doesn't hurt to do it a year ahead. Show goodwill toward the guy that's been a great like uh, a great performer for you, just like Ndokwe has been. You yeah. know, they did Howard a year early because he, he's exceeded, far exceeded his second-round pick. So you reward the guy. And- it's loyal to you. And they can get a deal on them, too. It's a little cheaper right now. So um, uh, be interested yeah, to see. All right, South Beach, yeah, have, have a good weekend, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, listen, uh, we're going to talk more Jalen Rams. I think I just feel like it's early talking Jalen. Jalen's not getting paid this year. No, I understand and, and that. the organization shouldn't pay him. I don't think year. they have the money for that, yeah, to They have the money, and they really don't have I mean, that's a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, we can talk to Yannick Ngakwe, but we don't, I don't think Jalen Ramsey needs to be paid this year. I think that's a different kind of argument. But we're the we're the... the the ceiling on that contract goes is, is interesting. A couple of comments, by the way. Uh, hey, get well, Jason. Uh, watching you fellas live via the hospital bed at, uh, I think, Orange Park Medical Center. Love the show. Well, hey. Get well, man. Hope you're doing okay. Anything all right? Yeah. Um, I didn't say why. Okay. But, uh, hey, man, ESPN is good medicine. It, we, yes. That it is. Yes. Uh, very, very nice, soul. says Get Well, Jason. Uh, guy, I think it's Guy Renicky says, I was stationed in Alexandria, Louisiana. That's where my first job was. Did they still have the Catfish Shack, Tunks, and Luther's Barbecue? I don't know about the Catfish Shack. Luther's Barbecue, I believe, but Tunks, we were a regular at. It was a really good Tunks, restaurant. It was Tunks, it called? T-U-N-K-S? Yes. And it was like out on a swamp. <laughs> of course it was. I mean, it was like right there sitting <laughs> on a swamp. Yeah. So it, it was a cool place. So, yes, in fact... We were, almost went back to Alexandria, Louisiana this week, uh, this summer, just for Tunks. Dang. <laughs> Wanted okay. to go back. Well, not just for that, but uh, that was one of the reasons. So, Note to self, if I'm ever in that area, go to Tunks. All right. You brought up, uh, we've, uh, we got a lot of time left on the show, but you brought up the culture in an NFL locker room. Mm-hmm. And I want you to elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, you haven't been in a little in a locker room yeah. in a while, but the I've bottom been, line I've is not the game, Brent. Well, I but I brought this up yesterday a little bit with the Chris Steele situation with Florida, is that you've got to be see the old mentality is like, hey, freshmen's yapping about wanting to change rooms, something like that. Dude, toughen up. It's w- well, welcome to the big time now. And, welcome to college football. And when I first read that article, that's exactly how I was because I didn't know who who his roommate was and everything like that. Yeah. So I but actually even, shared that opinion. But should you even have to ask that question? Is the point because that's Good old point. school mentality. It if is. a kid says, "Hey, man, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable in this situation." I don't care if he's in the band. I don't care if he's a math major. I don't care if he's a football player. Mm-hmm. I don't like the situation, and especially when in college. You know, you go sell that. We're going to take care of your kid. This kid's coming from California and, you know, whatever. So so that is part of it. And now you're talking about just the macho nature of football. Can Telvin Smith even, uh, in his situation and uh, or whatever situation he's in, or a guy like Telvin Smith or somebody that's struggling with something, can they even open up and say, hey, I need some help. I need, I need, yeah. I don't feel right. This is yeah. a good, or is that a sign of weakness? Yeah. that you just can't bring yourself to do in the locker room in the NFL. So, you know me, Brent, like I consider myself in terms of football a little more of the old school side where I like to pound the rock. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of running the ball. I'm a fan of Oklahoma drills. I think there's something beneficial to those. Um, I don't mind the coaches that are in your face and want to yell at you. That's it's almost fine like with you me. like concussions. 
I guess so, man. Well, I'm doing MMA now, yeah. so yeah, obviously I do. <laughs> but, Giving um, more than receiving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. So I am an old school in that point, but when I played and I shared that kind of philosophy, I wasn't blind to the fact that it is, it is still a flawed system. And by a flawed system, I mean the toxic masculinity that is encouraged in an NFL locker room. Um, it can be a very bad thing. I mean, a couple of examples here. So in my entire NFL career, and listen, before I go into this, I'm not hating on any NFL franchise whatsoever. I mean, I'm, I, I love the Jaguars organization. Um, you know, I, I got three good years from them, and, and I'm thankful for that. So it's not like I'm, I'm going on this vendetta against NFL teams. Yeah, here. I mean, in just, a way, you sign up for it. Exactly. Right? I mean, I, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. But when in terms of I said that the system is flawed, I would probably say in my career, Brent, if we were being honest, I probably had, in five years, I probably had six or seven concussions. And uh, most of those occurred during training camp because it's just the repeated nonstop. And those are the worst ones. Like, you see sometimes a guy gets hit hard, um, you know, he, he gets woozy, he's off of the game. Yeah, those suck. But what really sucks is when you take the small little hits back and forth and back and forth and just little hit, little hit, little hit. Those add up. Yeah, and you might not think you have one. Exactly. And you might have one. Well, because the problem is, and we'll get into the, the issue a little bit later, but the problem is, is the the only thing you can do for that those kind of things, if we could go, like you know, small head injuries, is take pain pills. And the pain pills, they don't help it; they mask it. And all of a sudden, you're at practice, you feel fine because you took a bunch of pain pills. And all of a sudden, a week down the line, you got these splitting headaches. You don't know what's going on. Okay, so like I said, I probably had six, seven, whatever concussions. Um, do you know how many of those I reported? None. Exactly. And do you know why? Because you're fighting for a spot. Exactly. Because if I was to go to, you know, Mike Ryan, who's on the Jaguars, or any, any other guys in that in that medical office and said, man, um, my head's just not feeling right, um, it's his job, it, it's the medical person's job to tell the coaches yeah. that, hey, Austin's not feeling okay, we should probably hold him out of practice. Which he would have done. Which he absolutely would have yeah. done. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and, and that's his job. I mean, I'm not trying to praise him. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do in the medical field. Well, no, but what I want to make sure is being clear, and your point is, it's just you're talking about the culture of the sport and what you have to do to survive in the sport, yeah. not necessarily saying, well, they're not bringing enough attention to it, not oh, doing their no, job. No, this this yeah. is my decision. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying, yeah. Brent? Like, this is all on me, but this is the culture that, that kind of bred me, I guess. You know? It is. I, I'm a product of my environment. So I didn't report any of them because I knew if I went to Mike or if I went to any the other the other athletic trainers and said, man, I'm having some some head injuries or some head issues. You know, I'm just I got these headaches and I'm feeling a little foggy. They would tell the coaches and then they'd sit me out. But you know what? That goes on your resume. That goes on your record. And that's always going to be there. So if I was fighting for a roster spot, teams can evaluate you towards the end of the season when they're making roster cuts. Look at Austin Lane. Oh, yeah, you know, the kid really works really hard, looks pretty decent on film, but, oh, what's this right here in training camp? Had some concussion symptoms. Oh, what's this in the preseason game? Had some concussion symptoms. Yeah, we just can't go with him. And guess what? All the, the, the guaranteed money, it's not there. So when I signed my contract, I got to make the team to get paid. So I was willing to do pretty much besides, you know, do something illegal in terms of steroids, whatever it is, to, to make the team. And that's what I did. And that's what a lot of guys do. So now getting back to the point of, you know, the, the culture, the, the masculine toxicity. Um, Damn, that was a good word right there. Masculine toxicity? Yeah. I could be like a phrase. Yeah, you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so getting back to that. Austin where, Lane Wordsmith. <laughs> you better I mean, believe can it. Can you do that in Scrabble or Words with Friends? Or does that, is Words with Friends still a thing? 
That's like a triple word, all letter game over the end. <laughs> all right, continue. It's I'm called sorry. I win. Yeah. So uh, getting back to it, though. So, you know, getting back to the, the masculinity part of it, where if I'm that worried to, to report injuries, how do you think a football player feels in that locker room to not really report it? Well, it is an injury, but how do you think a football player feels to report maybe they're not feeling um, happy? Maybe they're feeling a little depressed. How do you think that football player feels to go to somebody in that stadium, in that locker room, and say, I need some help, not physically, but mentally? In my opinion, it's going to be harder than what it was for me to report my concussions. Well, it probably is because think about in general, I think those are hard things to report without in a football locker room, in a football Mm -hmm. culture, in a tough man sport. I think people every day who have those kind of thoughts and, and problems and issues, one, take a little while to realize that is the case, and two have a hard time coming forward and telling someone they trust or or whoever. So I think you're right. Now you add to that those elements plus the idea that, wait a minute, this is a sign of weakness. This is a sign of potential roster spot. This is dollars. This is family. This is, I mean, that's part of it. That is part of the game. And it's, it's really why on occasion I say, I think you guys are crazy to play the game. I mean, the whole thing. It's not. It's what happens every car crash in between those lines. Yeah. But there's a residual effect of that that I've people have asked, said, uh, and they think I'm crazy. Give me a million dollars to go in there for a couple of series, and I'm not sure I'd say yes. I, I mean, I, I genuinely believe that. Um, and there's a, there's a violence to the game. It's a violence that we all love, but it's also this hidden violence that doesn't get talked about enough like that situation. One quick example. I'll tell you, a former coach said to me, uh, and not just to me, but it's in a, in a setting, and no recent coach, by the way. This goes back a little ways. He said, man, these guys, they complain about headaches now. We used to play through that stuff all the time, you know? Yeah. And that's the culture, though. That's the thought. Old school mentality, new school science, new school med- new school reality. It's not always a great mix. Medical marijuana, should it be tested for in the NFL next on ESPN 690? Hey, this is Dennis Anderson, the driver of Gravedigger Monster Truck, the baddest monster truck in the land. You're listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right, let's get it out there. What do you think, Austin Lane? Where do you stand on the marijuana policies of the NFL and are we about to see some changes moving forward? I think it's pretty obvious if, if you listen to me on the show before where I stand. Um, Brent, if you know anything about me, I'm really into big into body hacking, I, I call it. That's kind of like the term that's being used now. It's kind of like the buzzword, body hacking. And What body hacking basically is, it's anything you can do um, to gain an edge either like in athletics, in performance, or just in your daily life. So, for instance, I do intermittent fasting. I do uh, Wim Hof breathing meditation every single morning and every single night. Um, I do a lot of yoga. Just Those are forms of body hacking. So, in terms of, of medical marijuana, I think that is another term of body hacking because the benefits outweigh the cons a hundredfold. And I think that, in a, in a, and I'll get into it a little bit, I think in a game that pushes pain pills, that pushes all these prescription drugs down a player's throat, I think the healthy alternative, the natural alternative, uh, would be for medical marijuana. So, yes, I am for medical marijuana. And here's uh, an article out of, in December about um, uh, marijuana. Is It's a great line right here. 
getting away with it is actually much easier than you'd think, it says. These policies are likely what led to an estimated 89% of active NFL players smoking weed, according to Martellus Bennett. 89 <laughs> No, I, I guarantee don't know. <laughs> So, uh, that's what Martellus honest. Bennett said. Yeah, so almost 90%. So, nine in every 10 players in the locker room. came up smoking. with 89%. Yeah, I you think, don't believe uh, that? I think that's a little overestimated, in my opinion. Uh, so, anyway, players are tested once during the preseason, April 20th through August 9th. Any rookie or veteran desirous of signing a contract with an NFL club is subject to pre employment testing as well. Uh, players who test positive enter intervention programs. And then, of course, it can go on beyond that. And then, you know, however many times you get popped for it, blah, 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 blah. So what they're saying is it's really not this. It's not like this every week or every two weeks. But it is random, right? The so, testing. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dish it quick. How was it like it for you? No, for so you? here it is. Yeah, so here's how the, the test for street drugs works. Because there's street drugs and there's performance-enhancing drugs, okay? Yeah. Two different things. For street drugs, the rule was, at least when I play nice assume it's still the same because the CBA is the same. It is the same since you played, yeah. So what happens is you get tested for street drugs once a year. So you can get tested in training camp. You can get tested maybe week seven. You can get tested whenever, but once a year. So what a lot of NFL players do is once they get tested, say you get tested in training camp. Fantastic. Now you don't get tested anymore for that. So And you know. Yeah, and then you know. So you, you, you're good to do whatever you want to and do. And so that's why right there in this article says it might be easier than you think. No, exactly. To get away with it. Yeah. All right, more on this and, and what will be done, where it's headed, uh, the latest information on it, too. Uh, medical marijuana in the NFL coming up on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jarn Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. here on a Friday. Hope you're having a good day, everybody. Hope you had a good work week and heading into the weekend in style. It's been beautiful. Really good week uh, in Jacksonville, so hopefully the weather uh, maintains and everybody has a nice weekend if you're not working this weekend and a happy Mother's Day uh, weekend as well. You know, I always on TV like because we're on on Sunday night, so it's Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and so you always feel like hey, you say happy Mother's Day, right? And you I always want to say, like, it's just natural to want to say it like this. Yeah. But you, I have to catch myself. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't sound right, man. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, well, thank like, you, Brent. We appreciate it. It's yeah. not wrong. No, it's not. But it's kind of a, I don't know what you even call that. A, <laughs> it just, when I hear that, I, I think of something else. Bit. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, um, did you get your mom something? Yeah, actually, Good. she got. Uh, I said, remember we had the pro flowers thing, yeah. which we still have. We have to get something for this. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I get like 500 emails from them because I've of done that before, and so I, I, I got yeah. mom flowers, and uh, go. she actually got them yesterday. Oh, okay. So well, I did a little early. A little early to the party. It's all good, though. Yeah, I think I had like a, a flexible arrival date. It's a thought that counts. So we did that. Um, we're talking about uh, marijuana in sports and the testing. And you just brought up before the break about how it's tested for street drugs in, yes. the, in the NFL. And that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, more so than the performance-enhancing drugs. I find it interesting. I'm reading this article or, or pulled up an article on it. And, the major, and it talks about all the different sports mm-hmm. and how they police it. 
And yeah. Major League Baseball is different, like, in minor league baseball than it is in Major League Baseball because of the collective bargaining agreement. Huh. Okay. And so you're saying it's a little more strict in the minor league? In it's minor league, it's more strict. Okay. And the players in Major League Baseball have uh, obviously argued for it not to be as strict because they're only tested for drug use if there's probable cause. Mm. Players who test positive for marijuana may be subject to a treatment plan at up to $35,000 in fines. Okay. You know, which, you know, they... they if they violate the treatment program, then they will face suspension. But that's a bit of a yeah. long rope. Yeah. Uh, you just told us, and, and this also says it and backs it up, that you basically get tested once a year in the NFL. Yep. Uh, which we kind of said in the break, which means if you well, get caught. You, yeah, you get tested once a year for street drugs. For street drugs. Yes, exactly. So if you get caught, I mean, it, it is probably on, on you. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, quite frankly. Yeah. Or you, you might have an issue. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so it might, det- the way theirs works, actually, you could detect the guys that really have a problem. Yes. Or if that, if you would call that a problem. Yeah. Or for you, something. Now, like steroids and things like that, I mean, those get tested after every often. single game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's funny because they that's call That's where it, the random testing well, comes in, and, right? And that's the funny thing with random testing. Like, they call it random testing, but it always seems like guys who have really good games get tested more than guys who just, like, are on the depth chart. For yeah. whatever reason, but hey, we'll call it random. Do what you want to do. <laughs> How about this? In the NHL, Marijuana is not listed as a banned substance. Uh, the league doesn't condone the use, but does not discipline players who test positive for it. Probably that's what. Probably because they need to get to the season. <laughs> it's a it's a rough season in the NHL, man. But so they are the most liberal. Yeah. With the uh, marijuana testing. Okay, <laughs> this one surprised me. Okay. In the NBA. Where, by the way, I don't know what it was like at your college. Yeah. But in my college. Every and every basketball player, <laughs> yeah, was smoking weed. Yep. Oh. Okay. And like that's where to me like it was like noticeable. Before we get an NBA quick, can you name one NBA player that's like failed a drug test that was like banned from the league or banned for a season? And that's what's fascinating here because this article and this again this was out in 2018. It was just a few months back. The league is arguably the most stringent policy when it comes to marijuana testing. It's the most liberal of the leagues, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe with Stern out of there now, it's different. I, I well, don't know. There, I, it says even past Commissioner David Stern and current Commissioner Adam Silver coming around on legalization. Uh, but they are subject to four random tests each season. And two random tests each offseason. Now, players, test, players testing positive must enter a substance abuse program after the first violation, receive a $25,000 fine for a second. A third violation leads to a five-game suspension, uh, which with the league adding five more games for every following violation. So you do have to get, by the time you hear, mm-hmm. you know, that a guy's been suspended for it, you're not going to hear about the $25,000 fine is my point. Sure. Right. You're not going to be, you're not going to hear that the guy's in a substance abuse program. Yeah. Just like the tested. last guy that got banned was uh, O.J. Mayo from the Milwaukee Bucks back in the 16 season. Oh, I can't believe I didn't remember Bucks. that. See, yeah. It's got to be the Bucks. Easy, Brent. Hey, it's Milwaukee. Fear the deer. Fear the deer. <laughs> not a lot to do there in the wintertime, man. Just saying. You can't have the red deer eyes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's uh, this even brings up uh, WNBA and MLS, but... The four major sports, mm-hmm. there's a look at the different policies. And the NFL, this is what's going to be interesting. Is we, There's a CBA coming up. Yes, there is. And I wonder how much this factors into the give and take of the CBA. How much of a win would it be for the players mm-hmm. 
to be more like the NHL, where they don't have it listed as it would, a banned substance. It would be an, an absolute win. And, you know, for Enough the people, to give up some other stuff? You shouldn't have to give up anything because I think it's that important. And I know there's people out there listening right now um, or people out there just in general that do not share my opinion on the matter. They think it's a, still a street drug. They think that, um, you know, it should be outlawed. Uh, they think it's a narcotic. I just ask that people listen to to this, what I'm about to say here. So, like I said, Brent, the key to the NFL, it's being on the field. Anytime you report an injury, anytime um, you go to the trainer's office, anytime you miss practices, that hurts you as a player. And... I'm sure it's still the same since I played, but if you were hurt, you did everything possible to get on that field. So much so that I remember when I uh, when I had my Liz Frank injury, my third year. Um, a little Liz Frank injury for people that are wondering. It's uh, basically it's like the ligament in your foot is split. So every time you take a step, it's like the, the like your toes are splitting yeah. and you feel it. Corey it Grant just had it. One of the, one of the, the worst last ever, year. I mean, one of the worst pains I've ever felt. You know, and that's something I played with the whole season. Well, in order to play the whole season, I had to do a lot of things, and one of those was get shot up with Tordal before every single game just to even make it on the field. Okay, now that's not to say the pain went away because the pain was still prevalent, but it helped. And with Tordal, so people that wonder what Tordal is, you get a shot, and this is nothing illegal. You know, I mean, all NFL teams do this. You sign the waiver, and, of course, being me at the time, I'm like, yeah, I'll sign anything because as long as you make this pain go away, (laughs) as long as I can keep producing on the field. So... When, when you sign the waiver and then you get shot up and um, Tordal basically it's like uh, think of like ibuprofen um, no pun intended like on steroids you know it's like ibuprofen times 100 and I was doing that before every single game and, and it wasn't because well I, and maybe I was addicted I, I couldn't tell you that but I knew I was addicted to the feeling of not feeling pain in my Liz Frank foot and I was addicted to playing so call it what you want now you, you look at the side effects of Toradol I mean you got liver failure you got kidney shutting down you got um, and think with Toradol too it just, it just masks it it doesn't actually fix anything yeah, it's yeah. not going to help the inflammation it's just going to cover the pain so then how do you think I felt after the season Brent? Awful. Not, not good. Yeah, to the point where surgery, we didn't get surgery, but I had to, it was so. It was so, such a crap show. I had to learn how to rerun again because after the season, I took two months off from literally just even walking, and then I had to learn how to rerun because my foot was so jacked up where, um, like, my body's muscle memory kind of forgot how to run normal. So I'll never forget me and Mike Ryan, the guy, uh, the head trainer at the time, like, we had to go outside uh, before practice and, like, learn how to rerun again. And, like, that's what I had to go through. So when we're talking, you know, like, say you got a headache, if you got a, anything. I mean, the it's the protocol to throw opiates at you. And my issue with that is that why would you throw something that's made in a lab compared to something that comes from the ground, something that really has no side effects? Now, I, I get it. I mean, here come the, you know, here come, I guess, people want to put the labels, like, oh, you're going to get stoned and you're going to be out of your mind and things like that. You know, it's kind of like the reaper madness thing from whatever I think it was like the 50s and it's not like that at all I mean I think with medical marijuana you're doing something to help inflammation number one you're doing something also to help arthritis and these are these are things that have been taken from the Harvard School of Medicine okay these are documented things so it helps with arthritis helps with inflammation um, no side effects, not going to mess up your liver. Now, yes, if you do smoke it, it's going to hurt your lungs a little bit, and that's obvious, but you, you can take medical marijuana in different forms. You know, you, you can drink it, you can drink CBD, you can do a lot of things. So 
I think from that aspect, I think it's dumb not to have medical marijuana in the NFL. All right. Let me, uh, you don't have to answer if you, if you don't want to, but you're in a, a Martellus Bennett says 89%. No, for sure. He did it. Yeah. Uh, Are you asking if I've done it? Because yeah. you know me, dude. I'm an open book. I got nothing to hide. So I'm going to be truthful here. Um, in college, I did, but I had a close call where I got drug tested, and they I basically just barely passed by. Okay? Uh, that was like my sophomore, junior year. So that happened. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then like right there, I was like, I'm done. Forget it. I'm, I'm done. It's not worth it because I knew that if I wanted to you know, follow my dreams and play in the NFL, that... I couldn't do that anymore. So I didn't. Now let's go to the NFL where, yes, it is prevalent. Like, like Martellus Bennett said, 90%. I think that's a little, a little aggressive. But my time in the NFL, I did not do it at all. And, and I'm telling the truth. I got nothing to hide. Like, why, why would I lie about it? You know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. But um, I didn't do it at all because of a couple reasons. Number one, for whatever reason, I was so paranoid of the fact that if I did do it and I knew the rules were instated, were like, you know, if I get tested once for street drugs, like, so say I got tested my rookie year in, uh, you know, like during training camp. All right, cool. So theoretically, I could smoke it and be fine. But I was so paranoid where I was like, well, what happens if, like, I don't know, like the commissioner changes the rules all of a sudden? And, like, he, and that would never yeah. happen. But yeah. I was like, dude, I don't want to blow this opportunity. So uh, my time playing, I, I never did it one time. And um, uh, I'm not saying that's like a, a feather in my cap or anything because I really don't care. But. And looking back on it, maybe I should have because it would have helped the pain a little bit, you know. And then now that I'm retired, um, it's something I don't really, I don't partake in at all because I, I told you this during the break where I'm really big into body hacking, like I said, but I'm also big into performance. And I feel like if I add whether it's a plan or if it's some kind of like I don't take a lot of supplements at all because I'm really, I guess, OCD with the fact that I like the way my body performs right now. And if I bring something else to the mix, it's going to change the composition, right? So I'm happy with how my body is right now. Um, so I don't need to smoke it. But, I mean, that's not to say I'm not supporting medical marijuana because I am. Yeah, so last one on, on this. Uh, yeah. Great intel, by the way, and, yep. and information. And, and appreciate you sharing. I mean, you didn't have to share all that, but we appreciate it. Uh, yeah. uh, right, I like right, right before my mom's going to call in, too, by the way. Hey, I Fantastic. think she, she might be happy to hear that. I don't know. I should either <laughs> yeah. why. But no, sure. by the bottom line is... We're talking about this topic, and it's an interesting topic because it's in a topic. It's a topic all across the country because states are legalizing it. Mm -hmm. So, I would suspect in this next CBA, by the time we get to 2021 and this thing agreed upon, now two years down the road, year and a half down the road, I mean, you've already got Colorado and Seattle, obviously, Washington. Mm -hmm. uh, who, who am I missing? I mean, there's there's a bunch. I don't even know. But there's Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Did somebody um, just? I saw something on Twitter today that maybe North. Dakota even did? Yeah, maybe. Um, and, and somebody, yeah. I think I saw something on it because they said that's a, a super conservative state, mm -hmm. uh, but they have quietly um, done so. So, And I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. I just was reading through Twitter quick and I saw a headline, but I thought that's what it said. Uh, bottom line is more and more states are doing it. It's like legalized gambling. More yeah. and more states are doing it, which, well, would, which prompts two things. I think by the next CBA, we may see more gamble. We're seeing a franchise in Las Vegas, so gambling will be embraced in the NFL most likely in all our sports, which it already is. And marijuana, I'm not saying will be embraced, but I think will be allowed in the well, NFL in the next CBA. And, I think that's my prediction. Yeah, and, and I agree with you because my question to the NFL was like, listen, this is the organization that was masking concussions for a long time, okay, the, the, that was masking CTE for a long time. And that's the fact. So my question to the NFL is, what are you guys trying to do to help players with CTE? What are you guys trying to do to help players with injuries? Because if you tell me opiates, 
if you tell me ibuprofen, if you tell me Toradol, I can't accept that answer. Okay, that, that's that's not a good answer because the side effects, um, you know, just the, I guess the, the the side effects and just the long term effects of those things, addiction, the, the addiction, it's not acceptable. So. If I go to the NFL and I say, what are you guys doing to improve player performance, improve player health, you better have something else in the lab then that you can show me with no side effects. Because if you don't, I'm going to say marijuana every single time. Simple as that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of guys are. Once again, uh, we started this conversation. We're sharing again. Former Jags, Eugene Monroe. Uh, Eben Britton, mm-hmm. both big believers in it, have been very vocal about it. And uh, maybe down the road we'll get one of those guys on uh, as well uh, talking about it. Uh, continues to be a pretty hot topic just in society. We wanted to bring it up uh, in the NFL uh, where it's headed. And good thoughts by Austin Lane uh, right there. Get your thoughts on it as well throughout the remainder of the show on our social media platforms and uh, on the phone, 904-362-9901. But we've been deep diving for too long. From Telvin Smith to medical marijuana, let's lighten things up. <laughs> no, it's, it's let's lighten things up. It's get a little more stressful for me in here. It's Happy Mother's Day, oh, and man. we're going to Wisconsin right oh, after boy. this on ESPN 690. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Oh, yeah, Happy Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> oh, man. It's a trip. Right now, what I wonder is how nervous you are. Scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. <sighs> I'm at about a hard 8 right now. <laughs> a hard 8. I mean, pushing 9. How much do we not know about you? I mean, do you want to be I'm being honest right now? This is the most nervous I've ever been on the show. Forget opening a segment by myself. Forget closing out the show by myself. Forget me and Stuart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Stuart will make you nervous, by the yeah. way. This is uh, the most nervous I have been. And thank you for playing it. <laughs> I love it, man. Always on point with the songs, by the way. But, um, yeah, a little nervous, to say the least. All but right, happy Mother's Day. Stick to the and let's say hello to Austin Lane's mom, Julie. Hello, Mom. How are you? Hello, gentlemen. First-time caller, long-time listener. What's up, Mom? <laughs> hey, Chuck. Mom, did you get the script? Did you get the script I that did. I sent you? I did. I wrote it down on recipe note cards, nice. and I've got it ready to go. Uh, I appreciate you, Mom. All right. let's. Uh, is this the first time you've talked to Austin in a week on the phone, a month on the phone, a day on the phone? Let's get these questions rolling. Probably, I would say, two weeks on the phone. All right. We're, so we're, do you text? We're big text messengers. You are. Yes. We are great. Yeah, we're great at that. I can't wait until you have. Oh, we have my mom on the phone, and like my mom's like, we're like the Flintstones. It's been a so, fortnight. night. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. I was gonna to say texting is not an option. Let's just say that <laughs> with my mom. But uh, we appreciate you listening to the show. By the way, absolutely. And uh, a lot of a lot of fans up in Wisconsin. I think. Oh yes. How's uh how's Austin been doing? How's it how's the what's the word in Wisconsin on on the new show and uh with Austin? Forget about me. Please don't grade me. <laughs> <laughs> Every everybody loves it. In fact, Austin knows this because it's such a small town. If you go to the gas station or the grocery store, somebody's going to mention ESPN 690 to you. So, yeah, you've got a great fan base up here. Well, then let's be honest too there, mom. We also have grandma who is 
out there doing more promotion than anybody, saying that her grandson's on ESPN, and I'm sure people think, oh, he's like an ESPN anchor on SportsCenter, which isn't the case, but hey, who knows, maybe one day. You know what? We should probably get her a T-shirt or something. You're right. We can do that. Keep them guessing. Uh, how many... How many games did you go to uh, in college and in the NFL when Austin was playing? Was it a bunch? It was a bunch. In college, in his four years, I went to every game except two. And one of them was a Thursday night game, and I could not get off of work. And the other one, I was too sick to travel. But otherwise, I went to every single game. And then that's really modest what she's saying, too, because you have to understand from Wisconsin to Murray State, you know, that's about a nine-and-a-half-hour, ten-hour car car ride. So these were drives. These are drives that she made. And then also, we played places like Alabama, like in Jacksonville State and Tennessee Tech. Those are like 12-hour drives. So, yeah, mom, uh, mom was always there for me, which was pretty badass. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, I, I've got – here's my burning question when it comes to Austin. Uh, we're, we're thinking of how many questions we'd ask. But if I take you – I've heard enough stories now about high school and <laughs> really just high school. So, if I take you back to 16-year-old Austin, and you were thinking, and you were talking to your friends and family, and you're like, oh, boy, uh, what, what would you have predicted more six, seven years later? That he'd be in the NFL or in jail? Stick to the script. Stick <laughs> to the script, Mom. You know, I would have said the NFL, but what's funny is that when it was driver's license day for Austin, I took him to the driver's license DMV place, and he was going to take the test. And I said, gosh, don't you think you should drive on the way there, actually practice the parallel parking, do a little um, brush up on all of your skills? He took a nap in the passenger seat and said, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need to practice. I'm, I'm good with it. No problem. <laughs> My and boy has all confidence all the time. <laughs> I'm like, understand not everybody gets it their first time. I didn't think it was going to go very well just because he hadn't driven in like two weeks. Yeah, didn't he need goes, to. He takes the test, comes back and says, see, I told you. I got it. No problem. So I knew he was going to achieve whatever dream he put up in front of him. Yeah, he always had that. Sticking to the script. That's I pretty good. That, That's pretty good. Good answer. Really good answer. I was really open. I was rooting for jail. But uh, how, how about well, there was that one time? Easy, ma. Easy one. Now. I feel like I've heard about five times. Oh, maybe five times. Yeah. The, uh, Wait, you might know some that I don't know. <laughs> he says he's an open book. Uh, how about uh, now the MMA fighting? All right. Can you watch or does it make you cringe? I I go to most of them. Um, ooh, it is it is cringeworthy though. It is if it goes over three minutes, I start getting nervous. Mm. Um, and not that I'm nervous that he's going to lose. I just don't want to see anybody bloody. So um, <laughs> it was one of the fights was my birthday, and I will let you know that I did get the um, gauze wrappings from which, the the fight. Which so that was, was a good. huge mistake on my part. So, <laughs> so I, I, I know I, I wasn't. Maybe I took a couple too, too many shots to the head that fight. But what had happened was, uh, yeah. So my mom came for her birthday to watch me fight in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And um, for whatever reason, when they're cutting my wraps off, and this was probably the most violent fight I've ever been a part of, um, I ended up breaking the guy's eye socket. Oh. And it was a bloody mess. So needless to say, I had blood all over my wraps and everything. So uh, the doctor cut the wraps off. I'm like, oh, dude, this, you know what's going to be sweet? If I give these to my mom for her birthday. <laughs> so like, he took the wraps off, and I go downstairs, and there's my mom. I give her a big hug. I'm like, ma, happy birthday. And I give her the bloody wraps. I'm like, in retrospect, probably not the best idea. But, hey, Mom, at least my heart was in the right spot, though, right? 
It was definitely in the right spot, and and I promise I'm going to put those in some sort of a display case when I get time. <laughs> no, I was going to say, where are they? <laughs> like, um, if they're in the garbage, I'm not. Plastic bag in the spare bedroom. Right now. <laughs> Mom, if they're in the garbage, I don't care. It's all good. I get it. It's like a wolf cub bringing Mama Wolf the first kill. It's there cute. Oh yeah, I love it. A little primal. Uh, the, uh, what's the weather, by the way, today up in Wisconsin? It is a blue sky, sunny day at 49 degrees. Wow, that sounded pretty good. We may hire you to do the weather well, around here. That's kind of like my mom's thing is that she, she preaches blue skies and uh, like a positive personality. So um, that, that's definitely her thing. That's what she's known for. I think our moms will have that part in common. Uh, nice. That's good. That's So that's where he gets all these positive vibes, right? I was going to ask you, what's the trait that, that you left Austin? Uh, Wasn't most. athleticism. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not athleticism or the lack of confidence. Um, yeah, I would say the positivity. Yeah, he has a great outlook on life. I would say that's probably something that we both share. Yeah, what, I mean, a scale of uh, 1 to 10 or 1 to 5, or where are you on the sports enthusiast <laughs> map? <laughs> you can be honest, um, Mom. It's all good. Yeah, you know what? I w- personally... When he was playing, obviously, I followed it far more. Um, I would say probably a seven or an eight. Ooh. Yeah, interesting. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that's that's good. not bad. The, uh, I was going to say, because the, this must be, like, awful for three hours having to listen to this just because we're on if you really don't like sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I watched it on Facebook, so I looked to see, is, are you guys looking tired? Is he eating? <laughs> oh, I'm eating. Oh, you don't have to worry me. about that. We're, we're always eating in here. <laughs> That's good. See, but mo- no, it's great. Motherly instincts. Take yeah, over. See that? You're making sure that uh, you're in good shape. Um, all right. So when was that? When are you coming down? You were just here, weren't you? She was just here. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, Brent I wanted to get you on the show. And I, I told Brent to pump his brakes a little bit. That was just last weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, like two weekends ago. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was Easter. Easter. Yeah. Easter weekend. Yeah. Well, next time you got to stop in. Well, Mom, and I got to ask you, like, so you listen to the show all the time. How proud of you? I mean, more than anything, I got, yeah, I got drafted to the NFL, and that's a great accomplishment for the family. And um, I turned pro in MMA. But would you say that your proudest accomplishment so far is the fact that I haven't cussed one time in four months on this show? I am very proud of that. Yes, definitely. Okay. Probably more so than anything. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a plan. We do have a challenge dump. accepted. We do have a dump button. I'll show you, yeah. And, and, and I'm sure he'll tell you how we've had those discussions as a young teenager listening to rap music that some people speak like that, but we don't. We don't, yeah, so exactly. let's not judge them, yep. but let's not talk like that. See, so. and, and that's one of the coolest things. I mean, I can go on for days about how cool my mom is, but um, one of the coolest things ever was the fact that I could have, like, you know, so basically, if I drive in a car with my son, I'm still playing my music. Like, yeah, we can play the Moana soundtrack every once in a while, but I still have the jams I want to hear, too. My mom never, um, you know, she never digressed. Like, she let me play whatever I wanted. So it was a lot of rap music, a lot of Limp biscuit, a lot of F-bombs being dropped, and, uh, and she was cool with it as long as I didn't talk like that. So props to her for that one. Well, he hasn't he made it easy. He hasn't yeah. talked like that yet uh, on, <laughs> on air. I'm just waiting for a reason that Brent gives me to say that. But uh, how we'll much see. have you? Uh, has there been one time on the show that you've listened and like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm an open oh, book. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've gotten any surprises. No, huh. I, I, although I, when he got married, I was 
a little cringing, uh, hoping I wasn't going to have to hear some best man speech of like some crazy stories that I didn't know about. But I haven't heard anything. Wow. Yeah. He is an open book. Yeah. He definitely is. Either that or we need to go a little deeper. A little hey, deeper man, dive. Get out some shovels then and good luck. I'm <laughs> telling you, uh, everything you need to know, I've already said, but we can keep looking. All right. Uh, well, do you um, will you get a Mother's Day card or gift this weekend? Usually I do, yes. I think one of the best ones I ever got, He, um, I'm totally into artwork, and he had made me something in art class with a Maya Angelou quote on it. It was oh, yeah. absolutely lovely, and I still have it. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Yep. Well, I'm sorry to say I didn't make you anything this year. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad. Hey, no, you shouldn't feel bad. This has never happened. I mean, yeah, she's you've never had mom on the radio before. That, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, so, no, nobody else in your family can give that. Well, hopefully, some art supply store can sponsor the show, and then I'll go, I'll go get on some art supplies next year and make her something. But until that time, um, yeah. It's in the mail, Mom. <laughs> Listen, that little four-year-old is the best Mother's Day gift ever. Ronan is the best. So I appreciate you talking about I figured that would be the case. Son. I figured that would be awesome. Uh, well, hey, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, sorry we couldn't get too much more dirt on Austin. Uh, we, I promise not to embarrass him that much. <laughs> I'm I made no such listening. promises. I, I can't wait to hear your mother's story. So, uh -huh. perfect. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. We'll keep listening. All right. See you, Ma. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you, too. See, there's not too many callers you're going to say I love you to. There you go. Yeah. Hopefully only two of them, I guess. <laughs> or three. I mean, Those maybe, calls I, I, too, right? oh, I guess like five then. Yeah. My grandparents calling, whatever. But um, yeah. So that was my mom, man. You happy? That's yeah, awesome. That was great. You were disappointed because you wanted some dirt and she didn't No, it she was good. She was yeah. good on the dirt. No, you were an open book. You said that. Yeah. I was just a little afraid, actually, she might be mad at me for taking shots at you from time to time. Oh, no. See, <laughs> and like she didn't really mention because we don't have that much time, but a big thing in our house growing up was um like my house was a place to be at so like all my friends would be over there and um if you ever met my friends they're a lot like me so sometimes they can be a little rambunctious there can be some foul language being used and uh my mom was around that a lot and um you know she's always cool with it and everything was she, she's not like me she goes with the flow you know yeah. so from that perspective of uh i'm sure she heard a lot of stories that she didn't need to hear <laughs> but um props to her for for understanding and being open-minded i tell you what she delivered that uh forecast I think we should hire. Dude, I'm telling you, so Blue so I'm not trying to put a plug for her, but she also, so she works at Target, and that's her job, but okay. then she also, um, she owns like a boutique kind of thing where she goes to craft booths and she makes things, and she, she calls it Blue Skies, and um, that's kind of always been her uh, her calling is like Blue Skies, so whenever like she sends an email, she it'll say, wishing you Blue Skies. Ah, very so, cool. Yeah. That's good. Always been about I like that. it. I like yeah. the positive vibes. Yes. Uh, so do, are you artistic at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, um, I can do a little drawing, but, you know, with, like, music and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. guitar. Yeah, and play the guitar. Baritone, play the baritone sax. saxophone. Yeah, so I think, um, artistically, I think uh, I definitely got that from my mom. All right. Uh, how about we do a little balling and falling? Moms are balling all weekend. Moms are falling all weekend. You better and, uh, believe And the latest in the sports world coming up next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. This one's out to deep left field, and that is long gone. Big fly for Albert Pujols. Career RBI number 2,000.
There you go, Albert Pujols. 2,000 ribbies. <sighs> ribbies is a cool sports term. It is. I mean, DK, I'm sorry. I, I'm just so like. Do you see like a sense of relief just go over my body now? Like, Did the I'm, Brewers get out of a jam? Oh, no. I'm saying my mom's off the phone now. Oh. So, I'm, so I'm back. I'm just, oh, I'm locked in. Cruise control. Everything. Peace, like, man. Listen, we'll get to the embarrassing stuff down the road. I mean, well, this is a soft okay. introduction. <laughs> it's a soft launch to moms. Okay. Uh, it went Might better than expected. It went better. Hey, there you go. Let's see what the fans think about uh, it. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, we got a couple of comments on, and, and I wish I had read this earlier while mom was still on the phone. Uh, Kyle says, Austin's mom interview is awesome. All right. Appreciate you listening. Chris cool. says, ask mom what she thought about A-Train's outfit oh, for Met she was all about it. So, she liked it? Oh, I'm sure she liked Yeah, I didn't ask her about it, but like my mom always kind of let me wear whatever I wanted. I mean, uh, there was at one point when I was in middle school, I had my hair dyed blonde and I had a mohawk. And um, back then, that was kind of frowned upon. It's not like Odell Beckham Jr. rocking it today. Yeah. But, uh, I was kind of a trendsetter in that aspect. So, yeah, my, my mom probably would have loved that outfit from the Met Gala. How about that? Yeah. Um, all right. How about a little bit of balling and falling? Then my mom chimes in I in a few minutes. I can't wait. So, to, get, to kind of prime the pump for some excitement here, uh, <laughs> Scott, you know what time it is, man. Box score breakdown. It's the TJ McConnell box score breakdown. TJ McConnell box score breakdown. How many points? How many assists? How many rebounds? How many steals? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's the TJ McConnell box score breakdown. Brent, tell you what. This you should ask mom about your singing. <laughs> Brent, I'll tell you what. The scene last night in Philly, uh, palpable in terms of intensity, in terms of electricity. 76ers had their back against the wall, Brent. They needed all hands on deck, and they needed Philly's favorite son, TJ McConnell, to deliver big. And boy, did he deliver big. Two for three, four points, <laughs> one rebound. Coos, that's for you, baby. TJ McConnell, you are balling. He got some PT. He did get some what PT. You're telling me. Four points, one rebound, game-changing. TJ McConnell's back. Philly's going to win the whole thing. No offense to Milwaukee Bucks, but if, if McConnell's on, you can't stop him. All right, I'm going to do my uh, balling is... I just got this email, so I'm going to read it almost like verbatim. Uh, Bulls high school soccer player Olivia Candelino just named a 2019 All-State All-American. Dang. How about that? Okay. I just got that, so that's pretty cool. Given to 250 high school juniors from across the country for elite performance on the field, and Olivia is one of them. So congratulations. Uh, she is... The All-State All-American uh, plays right here at Bowles. We'll pass along some other scores, by the way, coming up in a bit. Uh, JU Lacrosse playing tonight. Uh, and, of course, the Ponte Vedra Sharks boys lacrosse team playing in the state Final Four. A lot of good high school activity going on. I was out at a softball game the other night, baseball and softball playoffs. But uh, shout-out to Olivia Candelino balling as an All-State All-American. Let's go to Fallen then, right? Let's do it. That's how, that's it what, that's works. how this works. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, what, four and a half months? I should probably know it by now. So Fallen, go with soccer news, actually. Soccer's been in the news a lot, Brent. Well, Jordy Van Laan is Fallen. He's a 25-year-old striker from uh, Telstar, which is a Dutch second division team. No idea what that means, but uh, he kind of... is one of the reasons why soccer's hard to follow. Exactly. There's a lot going on. A lot of divisions, a lot of minors and stuff like that. This is like a minor league team in Deutschland, if you will. Is it Deutschland, the Dutch? 
Is that Deutschland? Sure. Yeah, okay. Let's go No, that's it. Germany, dude. Oh, my bad. I was Is thinking it? of the, the Volkswagen commercials. Yeah, you're right. I so, don't know. But I know you just offended the heck out of Stuart Weber. Sorry about that, Stuart. Um, I'm sure you got something smart to say about it. But anyway, so Jordy pulled off a Ferris Bueller's uh, special and played hooky and said that he was sick. Uh, and he couldn't come to practice. Turns out they actually caught him at the Ajax Tottenham game that was uh, so talked about. And in doing so, when they caught him, they fired him from the team. And I'm just going to say it sucks for Jordy. But, Jordy, if you want to take your talents to ESPN 690, pal, come on over because you can play hooky. Uh, there's no excuses because literally you can just say, I'm going to be gone for the day, and nobody cares around here, a la Coos or anybody else. So, Jordy, come on over here, man. Be glad to have you. All right, uh, my fault is I don't like the idea the NCAA may move uh, the three-point line back. Did you see this? There's a proposal no, out I didn't. that they might. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not ready for that mm-hmm. just yet. I, I don't think the shooting in, the, in college basketball is great to begin with. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any need for it. Now, heck, if you want to move it back some even in the NBA, <laughs> maybe that's, that's better. But no, I think even in the NBA, I think teams still, they may take more threes, but they don't shoot necessarily... It's not like a layup, man. It's not like it's 55% from three-point land. It's still a hard shot to make. It's still 20 feet away from the basket. Uh, The talk is uh, to get it one foot uh, farther. And right now it's 20 feet, 9 inches. You know, back in 2008, 2009, I kind of forgot about this. It was 19.9. It was moved to 20 feet, 9 inches. I didn't realize that was that recent of a move. Uh, the international line is 22 feet, but uh, they're trying to get to 21.9. I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, there's a, a players playing rules oversight panel in college hoops that meets in the summer, and it could go into effect as soon as this Division One year. It would actually, if passed, go into effect in Division Two and Three the following season yeah. because of cost of repainting the floors and all that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, I don't like it. I think keep yeah. it unless this becomes such again we you may feel like the three point line is an epidemic from a volume standpoint, uh, but it's not from a, a a make standpoint. Sure, I mean people don't shoot well. They don't shoot well from the free throw line. They don't shoot well from mid range, and quite frankly, they don't shoot well from three point line. They just take more of them. <laughs> this is not going to discourage teams from taking no, it's more good. three pointers. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It's no, not. I get exactly what you're so saying. So I, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's an unnecessary play on the part of the NCAA. Uh, quick flex for the day is going to go out to the University of Florida for announcing, and this is more of just they had the audacity to announce that in 2030 they're going to be playing Texas. Yeah, well, awesome. I mean, it's 2030, Brent. I know, but That's they did it the other day. This actually, you know, this is again PR 101, mm-hmm. right? They announced the other day Colorado 2028-29 yeah. that that was being done. Uh, a home and home. And it is kind of a big deal for Gator fans. Scheduling well, has been, from a non-conference standpoint, hasn't happened. 1991 was the last time they did a home and home like this that they're doing with Colorado. And Scott Strickland's trying to do more. So uh, I understand the length yeah, of time. It's over a decade. Like, you think That's college football's going to even be around it, in a decade? It, it, we don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be around in a decade. That's what I'm saying, man. It it's is a dumb. decade away. It's silly. But it, uh, in terms of... Get excited about this because I thought uh, someone brought up on Twitter the other day, how many rules are going to be different in the NFL yeah. by that point? You know, yeah. what's the conference alignment even look like? Yeah. Heck, Florida might be playing in the same conference as Texas yeah. by that. You never See, know. Uh, so I, I think uh, I get your point to it, but I think if you're a Gator fan and if you're a college football fan, there's been a lot of criticism about their schedule and not playing home and homes. So yeah. at least it's down the road. And it's just, I, 
I think they'd like to do it sooner if they could, but that's just the way the schedules work. I just it's find way it down funny the road. that you know, like there's like the hype videos and everything around it. Like I know, dude, it's, it'd be like me like planning a birthday party in ten years. Like, are you guys ready for the craziest birthday party of your life? Well, ten years away. Like, <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. We're ten years away. It is silly. Start the countdown. That, it's kind of silly. That part is silly. Uh, but I did say PR 101 because Colorado was like, really? That's what you came out with? You tell, told us that you were going non-conference. You come out with Colorado. Well, then yeah. yesterday, the news of the Chris Steele, we had the conversation with what's going on with Dan Mullen, what's going on there. Well, they followed up immediately with, okay, we're going to play Texas. <laughs> it's like this, though. Texas, everybody. Texas, look over here. Look over here. Texas. That's, that's yeah. what happens, man. Yeah. It's yeah. PR 101. If you yeah. took a class, I'm sure that's what they said to do. Go schedule. Texas a day after a five-star transfers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a week after uh, a four-star quarterback um, may be in trouble with the law. No, I agree. But what about, it's like 10 years away. It doesn't matter. Texas, 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 Texas. Yeah. All right. There Mama you go. Mama Martino on Here the show go. next. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Buckle really not that nervous. Belts. She's probably nervous, but I'm not that nervous oh, about she, this. I got nothing to hide. She will be with these questions I'm about to ask. Oh, Can't wait. wait. Get ready, Mom. It's next on ESPN 690. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the TuneIn Radio app. Well, thankfully, this segment's going to be pretty short because we have to hit the top of the hour soon. Uh, you'd be surprised. We can make some adjustments. <laughs> uh, happy Mother's Day weekend. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Scott in for coups. And, uh, of course, we wish Happy Mother's Day to uh, all the moms out there. And uh, take care of mom this weekend. And now it's time to welcome in my mom. What's up, mama? Hi, honey. How are you? Uh, very good. Very good. All right. I, I, I have no idea what Austin might say to you. I guess I have to preface with that. Hi there, Mrs. Uh, Martino. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Mom, nice are you to nervous? Talk to you. I listen to you as often as I can. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Are you nervous, Mom? I'm always nervous. <laughs> Brent should be nervous. I mean, as long as you answer the, 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 the questions truthfully, Mrs. Martin will be okay. Mom goes to church like five times a week. She I better answer them truthfully. She, she's a very honest woman, and I appreciate that. I can't wait. <laughs> You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. So, Mrs. Marno, I got to ask you. I mean, the first question that came to my mind here, uh, growing up, is Brent a risk taker? Because the fact that he hired me on to be his co-host, sight unseen, um, with no experience, proves that he's a big risk taker right now. I want to know, as a kid or in high school, are there any stories of where he was taking a pretty big risk? No, he, he never was a risk taker. He usually figured things out had them pretty much planned. Okay. I can't think of any time that Brent did something a little crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, very opposite of your high school career, Austin Lane. <laughs> See, the question you don't have to ask is what I asked your mom earlier. Yeah. Is better chance at jail or the NFL? <laughs> well, maybe you send your mom a script to say as well. I don't know that, Brent. I, I don't know if you guys are in cahoots right now. Uh, another question I wanted to bring to, my, to your attention was something we talked about, and I'm sure you listened to it on, on the show, but uh, Brent mentioned that he didn't grow up with cable, which, I mean, who didn't? I didn't have cable as well, but you guys didn't have AC. Um, what, were the, what, were the, the, what was the reason behind not having AC uh, when Brent was a kid? I don't think most of us had AC around here. In New England, you only needed it maybe eight weeks out of the year. <laughs> I gotcha. So maybe <laughs> so, just, maybe just like, like a box fan then or something was all you needed. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember it being so excruciating hot that anybody was 
complaining. Well, you don't remember, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, I did say I don't remember. I was going to say, how much baby powder did we go through? Well, uh, that's true. Because uh, it would cool us off. That's right. Uh, I did powder you up. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. It's it's a lot longer time that we're speaking of compared to Austin. That's a good point. Well, that's he true. Is old. That's yes, true. Yes. That's, a, that's like a 10-year gap. Er, older. He is that's old. Rude. He is old. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a very good but point, I Mrs. Think Martin. You, I think I would like to ask a question and go a little harsher on why didn't we have cable? <laughs> you know, my parents, they got like direct TV or whatever. I think Dish or direct TV when I went to college. Oh, just to rub it in your face a little bit. It kind of felt that way. Okay. Well, then we have to, we have to ask him. Mrs. Martin, what's up with that? <laughs> um, I, I don't have any answers to that. We just didn't until Brent's dad wanted it and then we got it I didn't watch a lot of TV and the kids were always busy playing ball doing whatever they were doing with school so we didn't really (laughs) I'm laughing because I know Brent has already prefaced this with um, how what a techie I am (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm very much aware. Do you have a flip phone right now? Is it still a flip phone or is it a regular phone now? Well, I'm on the regular house phone, but I do have a flip phone. <laughs> okay, okay. I see with, with, with the landline still. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So then when's the last time that Brent called you? Oh, um, we probably talk at least twice a week, if not sometimes Three or four times a week. Oh, wow. Now I look bad. Yeah. Oh, very good. That plan set up. That that question backfired in my face real fast. Good (laughs) set (laughs) up. I'm sorry, Austin. It's okay. Don't apologize. Now I feel bad that she feels bad. (laughs) Uh, So so I got to ask, you know, from from being a parent, watching Brent grow up, how cool is it that, um, you know, because... He's, he's played the tapes before on the show where he was he's doing his own announcing, his own recording and stuff when he was 13, 14 years old. How cool is it as a parent to see him grow up to have a dream and really now be in Jacksonville and living out that dream? It's, um, it's a wonderful thing um, for a parent to watch their children succeed at what they had hoped to do. It, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Brent has always, always wanted to do this. Um, he always said if he couldn't be a professional baseball player, then he would want to be a sports announcer. And um, he's, he is living his dream. He's living it a little too far away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's get yeah. to the reality of the situation. <laughs> but the follow-up question is, yeah. how mad are you at Brent for living in Florida? <laughs> That's a great well, question. <laughs> I'm not mad at anybody for living in Florida, but I do miss. I miss um, <laughs> I miss Brent and Steph, but I, I miss my twins. Of course, yeah. of course. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, though, it is a good excuse when it gets pretty cold up there to fly down to Florida and see everybody, right? It is, except no one's home when you go. <laughs> Brent's always busy, I hear you. He's a busy dude. So, they're all very busy, and you know what? It's, it's a great thing. Absolutely. I'm glad that they're all busy doing what they love to do. But um, it, it is hard to catch more than one and a half of them home at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, who's your uh, who's your favorite Jag? Oh, Bortles, of course. 
Okay. Uh, I, Ma's big Bortles fan. Okay. Uh, but apparently the Austin Lane didn't get, uh, what was it on TV when she well, was, when was a when little, she had that yeah, TV. she really, she kind of caught the bad wagon with uh, the 2017 okay, yeah, season. I'm not going to leave anything behind her because when I played, there was nothing to watch, so. Don't go fishing like that, Austin. You're better than that. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, <laughs> I, I don't know. She said, I, oh, I, I'm sorry, Austin. I wasn't really watching when you were playing. No, it's all good. There wasn't much to watch. Number like 90 what? 90 what? 92. Yes, 92. 92. Oh. That is correct. Uh, okay, I mean, I feel like I'm getting ganged up on now. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so I had to ask you another question here. What was uh, what was the last thing that Brent got you for Mother's Day? So what did he get you last year? Well, I, ju- I already have my beautiful red, I mean, different colored roses this year. They yep. came yesterday. Okay, and then what did he get you the year before that? Um, Flowers. Flowers, okay. Um, Big Beautiful tulips last year. Ooh, so you kind of upgraded with the roses this year, Brent. I guess. Yep. I don't know. I just Brent, Brent just hit a button I on guess. the on I really did just hit a button. On the shopping cart. If I'm was being it. honest, I just hit a button. <laughs> You hit a button. Yeah, well, you did a good job. I didn't know what they said. Tulips, roses. Okay, so the, this is the last question I have for you. That's good because we have to go this to the sports Mario center and I understand you you go to church, so you're going to be truthful with me here. Uh, what is the most embarrassing story that you can tell with Brent that is radio-friendly? Uh, the most embarrassing story? That is radio-friendly. Or it doesn't have to be. That's well, fine. I don't care. <laughs> we got to I, I don't know... I don't know if I can think of an embarrassing story. I can tell you one story when he was younger. Hit me with it. And he was a Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. And they were playing. It was a Sunday afternoon. And they were losing. And Brent got up from the couch. and threw, He was a noisy sports watcher. <laughs> he would yell at the TV and... <laughs> have a temper tantrum when things weren't going well. All right, Mom, we're up again. we got to go to a sports center break. No, 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 sorry about that. Please continue. Yep. So he's throwing a temper tantrum. Go on. And he screamed, I'm out of here. Stink. And I said to him, it's not over. Don't leave till it's over. And don't you think they won the game? And he missed it. How old was he here? What would you say? How old was he? Well, probably, I'd say 12, 13. Yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> hey, you were that upset, huh? I did it with the Red Sox, too. Like, wow, uh, 19, man. When I was even younger. Did, yeah. did you have some money riding on the game or what? No, we were, I was into it, man. I liked it. I was super into it. I probably went through a remote <laughs> controller, too. Jeez, man. Oh, okay. yeah, he was not happy. No, I did not a like fan. it. Not a fanatic, huh? Yeah, not yeah. a fanatic. All right, And Mom. out the door he went, and I said to him, it's not over till it's over. And... He missed it. Mm. See the positive learned, side. Learned a valuable lesson that day, didn't you, Brent? When the Jags are going like three and thirteen, I was like, "Don't worry, they're going to win next week. <laughs> they're going to win next week." I'm That's always right. thinks, I always think the Jags are. And look how far they came. They played the Pats last year. I was there. Oh, she went to the game. Yeah, very cool. Did I, you guys I did. watch it together, or did you have to work? I was working. Okay, but, but she was there with the kids and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was wonderful. Very cool. Hopefully they yeah, can get they to that level. Did it. Yeah, mom has so jacks. Crazy Tom Brady arrived again on the field. <laughs> crazy he is, without a doubt. Mom might be the only person in New England that doesn't like the Patriots. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I like them. I have to like them at church, or I get in a lot of trouble. But um, I, I'm a Jags fan for sure. I'm sure everybody appreciates that down here in Jacksonville. Yeah, one of the few up there in New England. All right, Mom, well, I hope you guys have a good weekend. I'll ask the same. What's the weather up there? Um, It's um, unlike uh, Austin's mom's weather. It's gray, rainy, and about 48. Uh, 
No blue skies. No blue skies today. No blue skies. Nope, but I'm with Austin's mom. Tomorrow, hopefully, there'll be blue skies. Amen to that. All right. Next time, Mom, remember, I, I, I asked yesterday, I said, hey, Mom, why don't you play the violin for us? Oh, play sweet. Play a song. Yeah. But she, she has a kind of a lot going on with the – she's watching my sister's kid. Okay. So she was a little afraid of what could uh, uh, happen. Of course. Um, if that were the case. But next time, Mom's going to play a little tune or two. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yep. Next time, we'll do that. Let's All do right. it. We'll set it up. Nice. We'll put the mic up with that flip phone. Nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're going to talk to you next yeah, week and we'll do that. <laughs> All right, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for calling in. Love you. Thank you. Love you, too. Bye, Austin. Nice to Pleasure talk to, to you. Pleasure to Say hi to Coos for me. Will do. You take care now. Hey, hey say hi to Scott, too. He's in today. Yeah. Oh, say hi to Scott, too. Sorry, Scott. I'll say hi to Scott. No worries. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, there we got the moms on the show. Awesome. Happy Mother's Day uh, to everyone out there. We come back, we talk a little football. I think we totally blew the top of the uh, hour Sports Center update. Eh, Sports Center will be around next hour. What is your problem? Like the sweetest lady ever? I-, I felt so bad when she felt bad. Oh no, she, she she probably really didn't feel as bad as you maybe came across. I don't know. And she plays the violin. I can't wait her to get. I can't wait to get her on for the T.J. McConnell box score <laughs> breakdown. She can play the background. <laughs> she played the rocky little, background. Little, little combo. If she hears it, she might be able to do that. Little like combo. She, I like it. That would. I don't know. Will that come across on the violin? I'll have to ask her if she can do that. <laughs> that would be a different twist. You bet. Or maybe we get her to do the happy hour horn someday. Now we're talking. We'll do that next, and we'll get back to football. Jags rookie camp. What happened today? You'll hear from some of the guys next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Thanks to moms for calling in here on a Friday and uh, introduce you to our moms. And by the way, I am uh, sensitive to the also the idea uh, or the fact that uh, this is also an emotional weekend for many out there. Many of friends uh, that have lost their moms um, too soon. And so uh, thoughts with, with all of you and, and uh, that your families, uh, because uh, that's tough. Tough deal. So, uh, know so many that have and, and uh, thinking about you and thinking about your moms, but hopefully when you think about mom, it uh, brings a smile to your face uh, like it does uh, ours as well. So, I did want to make sure uh, we, we maybe give a toast to all the moms, past and present, uh, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And no better way to do that with a little Vita de Louis happy hour horn. Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tender. And if she's around, give your mom a call. Maybe not in that order, but you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Call your mom this weekend. Yeah, locally owned uh, tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, and shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. And 
Oh, have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Uh, coming up, leave your troubles ashore. Live the island life with the citrus of the sea. Vita de Luis Tequila. What you got on the magic whiteboard today? We've been slow oh, yeah. on the magic whiteboard. I just said uh, congrats to my boy, Big Phil, on getting married. He just uh, they went to the courthouse, and uh, yeah, he got married. So Big Phil is the guy that I train with. He's, oh, really? Uh, he used to wrestle at the University of North Florida. Yep. So just bam, went over at courthouse to yep. uh, get married. That's yeah. like going to Vegas and Elvis. I, I get guess it done. so, and I guess they're going to have the ceremony tomorrow. So then, you know, me and the family are going to that. Oh, so good. It'll be cool. So you got a yeah. wedding to go. Yep, and they don't call him Big Phil for no reason. He's like 6'3", 300 pounds. So anytime he takes you down and lands on top of you, it's not a good time. You spar with him? Uh, or wrestle yeah, with so him? So I mostly do grappling with him, but I do spar with him as well, yes. Was I mean, Big he's, Phil the one that got you in the temple? No, that was uh, that was actually Dean. He's another guy that used to wrestle at University of North Florida as well. You're playing hurt well. Uh, you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, going off the, I'm just going off the adrenaline of being nervous for my mom to be on there. So, like, we survived. As soon as I walk out the door, I'm just going to hit this wall and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. That was an exhale. Yeah. What I, is it they say about training MMA? If you're 100%, you're not working. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine. And truth be told, it's the same thing with football, too, where. If you're if if it's halfway through the season and you're not injured in some aspect in football or in MMA, um, there's something wrong. Then you aren't doing it right. Just by saying. The, well, I should have done fallen for this. Speaking of your tough sports, mm -hmm. golf doesn't get put in that category very often. Sure doesn't. But I might have played golf with somebody this morning <laughs> that pulled a groin <laughs> on the driving range. <laughs> I've never seen it. So so the guy you're playing with. So, like, you guys are getting ready to go out there, and you're at the driving range getting ready to go hit 18? Okay. It, it balls, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the jokes write themselves. <laughs> Did he play with you? Or, I mean, was he done for the day? He actually toughed it out through. <laughs> what, what tenacity. <laughs> what, what hey, have you had a groin injury? What t oh, yeah, it sucks, dude. I, I mean, but that I've sucks. never seen that. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's a little more uh, prevalent than I think, but... I mean, was this like an older gentleman or younger? Yeah, it might have been an older dude. Okay. Okay. Senior citizen type. Okay. Let <laughs> stop the poor, poor guy, man. That sucks. Don't maybe mention stretch any out names. next time. Yeah, maybe yeah, want to stretch out a little stretch. bit. <laughs> oh, is this, is this the guy that I actually know? Uh, yeah, you might know. Oh, I, I, I'm sure I know who it is, though. But I'm not going to name names. Well, here's the thing, though, man. Good. A real athlete, a real man plays through the pain. Yeah, yeah. Without a real doubt. man, no doubt. Uh, he did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this person going to owe you some money in the next couple months for baseball? Uh, no, but okay, then I, I did take a little money from him on the golf course. Okay. So I like that. Fair I enough. better have. I was playing hurt. Yeah, Old exactly. Hey, no uh, mercy. Rookie minicamp today. Let's uh, take a listen to Jawan Taylor, uh, the Jaguars' second-round pick, who many thought would be a first-round pick, at least when I was in Nashville a couple weeks ago. We were talking about number seven, Jawan Taylor, right tackle out of Florida, and, well, he ended up here in the second round. Uh, really, I just wanted to come out here and go hard, you know, for them to give me this opportunity and, you know, for me to live my dream. You know, I'm going to go off for them every day to help them win games. So every drill we did, I wanted to be first in. Oh, there you go. I mean, it's mentality, right? I mean, what, <laughs> I, here's the deal about the, to set the scene in a rookie minicamp and why we probably didn't spend two hours talking about it today. <laughs> is they really get to see a whole heck of a lot. Sure. I mean, they're just out there and what, how hard they're going and is it a little more strenuous than maybe other years maybe but i think teams have smartened up with this deal 
especially the Dante Fowler injury, raised a lot of red mm. flags around here. You have got to be careful with these guys. What do we talk about? They have had this rigorous schedule of playing the football season, never really having a full recovery and break, then going through the interview process, the visits, the combine training, the combine itself, the pro day, and just the mental exhaustion of the draft, mm -hmm. right? A lot of emotion there. And to go throw them into a situation, a lot of times teams did it last weekend. The Jacks have done that before, too. I like that they gave them a bit of a break. It was a week and a half later after the draft that they come here now. And now you can go get yourself, uh, come down from the high of being drafted or, or signing an NFL contract. And now you go play and you get into the system. But uh, Jawan Taylor, I think, fits well. Again, it really might be. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Tom Coughlin who said it. What made the draft was getting Jawan Taylor in the second round with all that value mm -hmm. being picked in well, the second round. Now, let me ask you this about Jawan Taylor. They, they weren't wearing pads today, right? They, they were just in, like, shells, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and I know you've seen Jawan Taylor before. I think you saw him at the pro day. You mentioned just how big of a specimen this guy really was. really is. He's so, solid, though. He's so, not like a uh, – like, it's okay if you're a chubby offensive lineman. Sure. <laughs> you know, well, but that's when offensive linemen are – they, they kind of – they're big. I mean, they yeah, might have some fat on people. them. <laughs> 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 but this guy is rock solid. That's what's unique about him. And this is it. my question for you. So, so like now that you saw him on the field next to other offensive linemen, and Grand, you know that they're not NFL Cal. I mean, they're, yeah. you know that they're not starters yet I because there's a lot of rookies. But like, how did he compare in terms of size, in terms of stature, um, next to like the other offensive linemen? Well, I mean, was it very standoutable? Like where you, you could be like, oh yeah, that's John Taylor for sure. Well, I think so from a width standpoint. Again, there's a broadness about him that you can almost tell that he's ripped. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know what his body fat is, but he's not that of a typical lineman. Is what I'm trying to get along, mm -hmm. get across. But I also don't think he's not a mountain of a man. You know, like Andrew Norwell is a big dude. Mm -hmm. Like he, I don't know what is, is he 6'8"? He might be 6'8". Okay. But he's a big guy. Calais Campbell is a mountain of a man. Like in the NFL, everybody's big or it feels big, especially in the trenches. So you don't notice, I think, the standout guys unless they are absolutely enormous. Like I always thought Mercedes Lewis was a six, mountain six. of a man. All right, 6'6". Six, yeah. six. So they were just big. You know, they're not yeah. only big, broad, but also tall. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Taylor, to me, doesn't stick out like that. Now, with this crop of people, players in, it's also very noticeable the guys that aren't going to make it. You know sure. what I mean? Exactly. So we're not talking about when we see them in OTAs and you ask me that question when we go out to OTAs, I think that will be a better gauge. Yeah. You're talking about guys that, you know, for the most part, they're going to be doing something else. I mean, the cliche is they'll be tending bar somewhere in two weeks, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and not a knock on them, but the no. bottom line is they're here for a few practices and that might be it for some of these guys. And that is noticeable to me. I actually like look at a guy like... Yeah, that's a workout player. Well, and, okay, and you can kind of tell. Yeah, at the, at the same time, though, it's got to be so hard to gauge that talent in, in the span of, I think, was it three days Absolutely. they had to practice for? I don't know I how mean, they do it. Well, really. and, and I guess this is, I mean, and I don't know exactly what they do either, but I think if you're a rookie or you're getting ready to go to a camp, I mean, listen to what i got to say, um, one of the biggest things that you can do is learn that playbook and learn the plays because the first thing that coaches look for is if the guy can understand the playbook. If you're a rookie and maybe you got talent and you just went undrafted and you show up to rookie meeting camp and you make a mistake on, on, on a play where you don't know the playbook, you're, you're probably not going to make it then. Yeah. That's the biggest thing you can do. Yeah, and, and that was something I asked, actually, uh, Kyle Chung 
who played yeah. at Pontevedra High School. Mm-hmm. His dad, Eugene Chum, played for the uh, Jags, yeah. played for the Patriots, played in the NFL for a while. He's now coaching at Missouri. But he's one of the workout players, and he is a solid guy. I mean, he's a former tight end in high school, went to Virginia Tech as an offensive lineman. I'll share my conversation with him probably early next week. Uh, but he was great. And I did ask him, I was like, what can you do to stand out? Mm-hmm. And he said exactly that. No, he said the playbook. And, you know, I mean, obviously, Dad can help him tell that. Say, hey, this yeah. is one thing to do. But I do think it's a fair question. It's like, what do you do in three days mm-hmm. to kind of pull yourself and say, hey, here I am. <laughs> yeah. You know, other than, be a physical, yeah. other than be a physical specimen. Yeah. Like, what do you really do to grab attention? Mm-hmm. And I guess the answer to that is probably nothing. They probably rank their undrafted free agents and their workout guys and then want to check their box and say, oh, yeah, that guy was what I thought. He is a little bit better. Or he should be the top-rated guy. I, That's yeah. what I assume I mean, happens. For me, honestly, it's two things. If, and if I was a coach, I would apply these. It's how well do you know your playbook. Um, and with the mental mistakes and that aspect of it. And then also, how much do you hustle? You know, I mean, are you one of the first guys to each drill? Are you, are you low? They call it loafing. Are, are you slacking on film? Are you um, throttling down on a plane? No, like if, if you run full throttle and you know your playbook, you're at least going to have a shot. And that's, yeah. and that's all you can ask for, right? Uh, if, let's if you've got two guys coming in with uh, all the kind of enthusiasm like uh, Jawan's bringing in and like Josh Allen is bringing in, they're trying to motivate each other. They're trying to motivate themselves. They're trying to stand out among all these other players. And the camaraderie that they could coming out of that also seems pretty significant. Uh, with Jawan and Josh, they're, uh, they're roommates during the camp. And uh, they're bringing in all kinds of crazy hype on each other. And that's a lot to live up to and then to live down afterwards. Yeah, I think Whoa. that's a good point, too, because I, I talked to them a little bit. They were real brief after they did their... Um uh, their media time mm-hmm. and just to say hello because I saw him. <laughs> my favorite part of this is for me I saw him in Nashville and talked to them about being a Jaguar then I talked to Josh Allen right after he got picked and then you see him here and it's mm-hmm. like it's kind of like completes the process yeah. at least for me I don't yeah. I think they could give two you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure talking to a lot of people uh, yeah, no yeah, they don't even yeah. remember me but yeah. it's just like eh, I think it's pretty cool that like we saw you here we talked about being a Jag and now you're a Jag I think sure. that's kind of cool uh, to, for those two guys but you could sense it that they already were clear. even Jawan Taylor in his uh, media time said the best pass rusher he went against was Josh Allen. So, yeah. And he even cool. went up to him after. He's like, hey, I gave you props up there. I said the best guy I've been to. So there is a little bit of that camaraderie that already takes place. The good news for those guys, they don't have to worry about anything. They don't need to over-impress because they're on the team. But right? it, it is extremely vital, though, and, and I think Scott brought up the great point where they're feeding off each other, and that's extremely important because, I mean, there's almost two teams. You know, there's the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there's the rookies um, on a team as well because, like we talked about, Brent, you go through so much stuff and you hit this rookie wall. I mean, knowing that you're going through the wall with with, with a brother, uh, a fellow teammate that's also a rookie, that, that means everything. You know, it'd be one thing if you're just the only rookie on the team and you're going through it by yourself, but the fact that you have camaraderie, the fact that you have brotherhood with other rookies, um, that makes the process, especially in the dog days of summer, the dog days of camp, that much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear from Josh Allen and also let's what these guys could be in store for. I don't know if rookie hazing is what it used to be. Not even close. And somehow I'm connected to this rookie hazing story Big with time. Austin Lane. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Like he actually asked me in the you break. He's expl- like, do you want to know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I was like, I have no idea. You have some explaining to do, man. You left me out to dry. Wow. So I'm going to say. How about that? Hopefully I do it again in the next 40 minutes. <laughs> next on ESPN 690. Now. Back to Action Sports Jack on ESPN 690 and on your smart speaker. Hey, a little 
friendly reminder is we are now a week away from the PGA Championship at Bethpage Black. Hope they don't pull a groin on the driving range, especially Tiger. Uh, man, it's going to be a fun week with golf next week, I think. I mean, all the excitement with the Masters. And Tiger has not played since the Masters, which is kind of crazy to me. But it's also the new scheduling. And there was some thought that maybe he was hurt a little bit and some saw him limping at an event. Uh, but he was practicing at Bethpage Black the other day and I think looked fine. And nobody said anything at the uh, the Medal of Freedom ceremony as well. So it looks like Tiger's good to go. I think it'll be a fun week with golf. I mean, golf's in a good place. And you know, we talk about a lot of times, what, uh, NASCAR, mm. uh, baseball, mm-hmm. uh, hockey, those sports. If you put a column down the middle and you said uh, rising sports, falling sports, or fallen and fallen. <laughs> uh, fallen would be those three sports I listed, and then you could add probably some others. And I was saying this to somebody today, NBA and the NFL, probably on the rise, or at least in the, not fallen, that's for sure, uh, yeah. and probably on the rise still. And I said, you know what, what about golf? And golf right now feels like at least on an even line, if not on the rising line because of Tiger's recent success. It's got to almost be on the rise, right, yeah. you would think? I mean, anytime you get that, that household name um, is doing well again, I mean, and not to say people weren't turning, you know, tuning in to see Tiger before, but now the fact that, hey, this guy's winning Masters tournaments, he's, he's back, I mean, I think it's only going to help the sport yeah, out. Yeah, now the curiosity is there. Exactly. And on top of that, golf is in a really good spot because Tiger's back in the mix, but also all these young guys. You really just don't know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Before, you used to know, okay, Tiger, Phil, somebody else. Sure. Even when it was great. Then it kind of hit a little low, and then it's like, okay, Tiger's back in the mix, but where is he in the mix? But now Tiger is in the mix. A couple wins toward championship, the Masters. But you really go into next week, and I don't, I haven't seen the odds well, yet. But you're, you could pick one of 15 golfers, and I'd say, not a bad pick. So let me ask you this question then, and let's compare it to NASCAR real quick. So, do you think that the open field dynamic mixed with Tiger Woods now being back? is more beneficial to, to golf, or do you think it was back maybe like a, a little older where it was like, you know, either Tiger's going to win, but Mickelson's going to win like the top five guys? Because if you look at NASCAR, I mean, you know, when I was watching it in middle school, I mean, it was always like Jeff Gordon, yeah. Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt, you know, like those guys were winning all the races. Good point. Um, and that's when NASCAR was thriving. So do you think it's the same thing in golf where if you had those five guys that are always winning everything, it's more entertaining? Or is it better now with an open field and Tiger Woods doing well? I think it's probably better. I feel, I feel like as a sports fan in general that Tiger and a lot of other people in the mix is better. It okay. just feels better. Mm-hmm. But your point is a really good one because I like baseball right now. But there's a lot of people that are struggling to identify with baseball because there isn't the Tiger and Phil or the Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt. Sure. There's instead all these for golf's equivalent, all, there's the Justin Thomas, the Rory McIlroy, the uh, the Dustin Johnson, the Ricky Fowler. There's all those guys. There are a ton of great young players mm-hmm. in, in Major League Baseball. But which one is standing out where you identify with and say, those are the guys. Those are the two. Those are the three. And where it's like, wow, look at the marketing of that. And I think that's a fair take. That's a very interesting take. I'm going to think about that more on the weekend, so maybe we can talk about it. Let's do uh, it. Some more. I want to get a little bit more reaction in Josh Allen uh, off the field today after his first day as a Jacksonville Jaguar, the seventh overall pick in the draft. What a steal for the Jags. Could play linebacker. Could he be I mean, just a pass rusher? Here's the work, man. We all trying to make a team. Uh, so that's their mentality. You know, my role is just, you know, they brought me here to do a job. You know what I mean? So I'm going to lead as best as I can. And, you know, 
try to motivate my teammates, try to get everybody to keep going with me. And, uh, you know, so far everybody's stepping up. Everybody's being their own leader, self-leading themselves. So, you know, man, I'm, I'm going to set the ball high. I'm going to be the first one in line. I'm going to go hard every play. And that's just my role, and that's contagious. And so I feel like, you know, just doing that, you know, consistently play in, play out, I feel like that can bring a lot of people on. Josh Allen, Jaguars' first-round pick, uh, pass rusher, maybe a little linebacker. But I'll tell you what, I like the kid. I like him. I, I like Saying him and Taylor. Right I love I just like the – forget about what they're saying. What can they say right now, right? Oh, that's uh, a good one. But, but yeah. what can they say? But, but, but I like he's, he's not coming in cocky. Well, they could right? say they're not playing for the season. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or they can say, I mean, something cocky. So <laughs> I'm just saying, I like the energy they have. Yeah. You know, I like there's a little personality with these guys. I've seen these guys smile quite a bit in the little time that we've had mm-hmm. been around them. I, I just like that. I, I feel like they've got... Uh, Almost a, was, a sense of swag, if you will. Yeah, a little bit swagger of confidence. And feels like there's some good dudes that they drafted. I think mm-hmm. that... I don't know if that was the... Uh, the emphasis in this draft, but I do feel like the Jags got some good locker room guys, and that can't be lost on all of us here based on what had happened a year ago where there was so much talk about that locker room. So every every GM, every what, a coach wants a guy who wants to love the game and has passion to play the game, but finding those guys all the time can be a little bit uh, trickier um, than actually doing it. All right, rookie hazing story, what should they be in store for, or does it even happen anymore? Well, I'll tell you what, Andrew Lansbury, you're starting to put two and two together about the story I, I was going to tell. Yeah, so shout out you. to you for That's that one. That's my first comparison to Angela ever. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do, yes. Shout out to Angela Lansbury, baby. Murder, she wrote. All right, so. That's going way back. Listen, if we're getting into rookie hazing, I couldn't have come into the NFL at a worse time because it was right before the CBA. So hazing was evident. It was right before the CBA where it was set up where I didn't get my rookie performance bonus so i missed out on that so That's literally bull. so literally I, I came in at the worst time but and it, it's funny because i guarantee in that locker room this year you know some guys got to bring in some lunch some guys got to bring in um some snacks or keep the fridge stocked That's you know in the, in the meeting room Hooters wings and, and i'm sure it'll be like Rennes oh pizza. like they're too hard on this cry cry, cry me a river nice plug by the way uh cry <laughs> me a river because that was just that was a tuesday when I was when I was a rookie, okay. I mean, the the, the big thing that stands out to me uh, with rookie hazing and being a rookie was the haircuts. All right, that was one thing that um, you knew was going to happen. And obviously, when I came into the Jacksonville Jaguars, I had dreads. So immediately, my reaction was, "Well, I don't want to cut my dreads," and I would probably fight somebody um, if I had to cut my dreads. Well, the alternative was to shave your eyebrows. So I knew that was the alternative. Yeah. So I uh, ended up shaving my eyebrows. And was that like a like a almost fist fight worthy conversation? No, I, I just went with that. I okay. mean, because you have to remember, like, I guess everyone's different, but I didn't want to cause too many waves, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I was a draft pick, but I was a fifth round draft pick, and I didn't want to cause any waves. So the, the eyebrows was fine. And the messed up thing about the eyebrows was is that I walked into Joe Cohen's room, and I talk about Joe Cohen all the time, man. Walk into Joe Cohen's room, and he goes, did you break your nose or something? I'm like, no. He goes, what happened to you? I'm like, coach, my eyebrows are shaved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, am I, am I really, like, that hideous where you couldn't tell that my eyebrows weren't shaved? He Coach knew Cohen. something was up. Yeah, but he couldn't recognize the eyebrows. So, needless to say, I do not have a face that, uh, that you know, that uh, cannot rock eyebrows. So, I had to go, and I had to go in public like this, keep in mind. Like, we're in camp, but we also got free time. So, I, I'd go to, you know, I, I would go to a, to a restaurant with shaved eyebrows. So, that sucked. But the big one. 
that uh, I'm going to talk about. Oh, another thing, too, before I get to the big one is, uh, and this is a little advice here, save Josh Allen's listening, if Juwan Taylor's listening. I hope they are. So, um, you know, the, the, the haircuts are gone now. You're not going to see any crazy haircuts on TMZ. That's what happened my rookie year. Someone... Someone got a. Um, somebody ended up getting. That's a not hair, even Stewart's song. Someone ended up getting a haircut. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say what it was. It's not appropriate, but it was on TMZ. Go ahead and Google Jaguars hazing haircut. You'll find it. Hmm. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, but, you might um, as well say the name. We all have Google. Haslam. Kevin Haslam. Kevin Haslam from Rutgers, actually. Yeah, Rutgers. So, yeah. I was going to say, I could have dropped that, I think. Do, do you remember what was cut into his hair? I don't. Okay. Well, you have to look that part up. TMZ existed in 2010? It was there. Huh. Yeah, and then the whole reason why we had to start doing haircuts is because TMZ got a hold of Kevin Haslam's hair, and that's why Del Rio ordered the haircuts to stop. Was it drop button worthy on the show if you said it? Uh, I can say a different word. That wouldn't be bad. Nah, we'll do it. I'm getting your drift now. Okay. I'll go look it up. It'll be more fun. Okay. <laughs> Make them work for it. But let's just say it's a part of the of the, the male body. Yeah. There you go. Tonight, okay. Uh, thanks. Yeah. You might as well just said it. Well, th- whatever. I'm trying, <laughs> I, I'm trying to paint the picture without actually using my, using my paintbrush. You are an artist. Okay. So getting back to... Also um, a metaphor. So so getting back to the... Oh, man. So getting back to the, to the advice quick. So rookies... Josh Allen, if you're listening, uh, Dron Taylor, if you're listening, anybody listening, there's going to be a point in time where you're sitting in the lunchroom or you're sitting in a meeting and the vets are going to want you to sing a song. Yes. And it's going to be a very embarrassing moment if you can't sing. Now, if you grew up in the church choir like some of the guys did, uh, you're going to be fine. But 99% of you that are rookies are probably going to bomb. So my advice to you is you pick a song that everybody can sing. And that song, and there's only one song. In the terms of rookie hazing, when you stand up and you sing it, everyone else is going to sing with you, and that's Lean On Me. Ah, not sure who sings the song, but you know what song I'm talking very about. Very good. Because when you're going through the dog days of camp, and for whatever reason, when you hear that song, you want to sing along. So, rookies, if you get called out to sing a song, sing Lean On Me, and I guarantee you that locker room, that lunchroom, that cafeteria, that meeting room will sing with you. Best voice that you heard in all these... Uh uh, singing along. Man, I don't know about that one. Do you have one? Anybody uh, stick out? Nothing sticking out, but you know what? Like a knockout performance? But no, but do I know who, who the best dance? Because we've got a dance-off, too. Do I know who the best dancer was by far of a rookie class? Kyle Bosworth. Really? Absolutely crushed it. I just saw Kyle last week. Popping and locking, dude. Really? Legit. Yes, Kyle Bosworth won, won the dance Now, that is, under, that is, you wouldn't have come up with that. that. Oh, yeah, I'm talking like it wasn't even close. By the way, no wonder why you guys stunk. I mean, American Idol, America's Got Talent. I mean, what are you, did you guys do football stuff? There it is, man. Oh, that song right there through the dog days of camp. Everyone starts singing along, you know, it's going to be okay. Yes, rookies, lean on me. That's all you got to say. Ah, it's such a good song. Yeah, d- d- don't sing some kind of... Gu- yeah, just sing that. That's, that's all you a need. Good, that's good advice. Yeah. Get the whole place jumping. Exactly. Oh, so now... Jumping, but sing it. Well, yeah, just taking along. But now getting back to the story, which involves you, Brent Martin. Oh, yeah. So there was a point... Well, let's set this tempo here. So Jack Del Rio, for whatever reason, had held practices like around 8 o'clock at night uh, my rookie year. He did. Which was, um, to say the least, it was not approved of the locker room. The locker room hated it yeah. because instead of getting it out of the way in the morning, you had to sit through the whole day thinking about practice this at night. This was back in two-a-days, though, wasn't it? This is real two-a-days, this by the way. This is real two-a-days. Well. Yeah, so real you had two-a-days. one in the morning and then one at night. Yeah. And the thought behind it is so dang hot. Well, cool. But the problem with having practice at night is that you're so wired after practice yeah, yeah. that you'd get back to the hotel room at 1130 and guess what? You can't sleep. I'm just defending Jack a little bit. I yeah, liked yeah, it at night, are. by the way. Plus, I, plus I, for I the bet players. you did, man. I did because yeah. it fed right into our late news. Sure. But 
but also because it was hot, I think he's yeah. trying to avoid the two days right there. His former player. Yeah. He tried, by the way, he tried camp all sorts of ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. I missed the Jack camps in a way because you never knew what was going to come. Next, it was like, <laughs> all right, Oklahoma drills this year. Yeah, right. Uh, night practice this year. Yeah. Ah, we're going to lighten things up there. You never knew. Yeah. I mean, it no, changed sure. like every year. Yeah, all I mean, right, continue he's, on. He's almost like Oprah Winfrey, like, we got Oklahoma drills today. <laughs> and then the crowd just goes nuts. I can't so. wait to have Jack on. Okay, I hope we recorded that because <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Del Rio on at some point. Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> hey, uh, I love the dude so getting back to the story now with hazing so one you know one summer night um the vets lined up all the rookie draft picks and told us to get around the goalpost and you know it's, it's after practice i'm tired i just want to go home i'm like i'll buy it i'm not going to argue anything and um everybody else fell in line tyson d'anthony smith daisy kareem scotty mcgee so we all uh, got on the goalpost and they ended up and i don't know where the rope came from this must have been planned for a couple days because there was a giant rope and they all tied us together around the goalpost so now we're getting tied and this is in front of the fans after practice <laughs> everyone's laughing at us ha 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 my, my eyebrows are, are still missing so they tie the rope around us cool whatever i'm like okay is this this is cool and then they get out giant things of baby powder and i see the baby powder as they're bringing it over i'm like okay i know what's about to happen they're about to sprinkle us with baby powder sprinkle is an understatement because it was dump trucks upon dump trucks worth of baby powder poured all over us and, and of course you're sweating so it's just sticking so it like, like, like confectionery sugar and then, and then they took like <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they took, uh, so you know, like we had like those Gatorade sprayer things, and they, they weren't actually the bottles, but like they're the machines that spray water. So then they took the, the Gatorade sprayer stuff, and then they sprayed us all with the baby powder. So now we're on the goalpost with baby powder and water all over us. It's caked to my face. I have missing my eyebrows. And Pot Roast, I distinctly remember this. And, yeah, I'll call him out all day, man. Terrence Knighton goes up uh, to you guys now because I remember distinctly the media. So we're at the final. So we're in end zone three. Here's where I come into play, people. And the goalpost. And the media was in the corner of the end zone recording this, laughing. Ha, ha, ha. It's a great video that And night. I go, hey, can somebody come help us? And I guarantee Brent was there. And I looked at Brent. We made eye contact with my shaved eyebrows. <laughs> and I go, hey, dude, come let us out because everyone's leaving. Like the players, the coaches are laughing, walking off the field. And uh, you guys were all like, oh, no, Terrence said we can't do that. I go, oh, really cool. Come let us out right now. And you guys didn't. You laughed at us. You took pictures. You took videos. And you walked away. And you left us there for ourselves. We left you hanging. So literally. So we, I was part of the rookie hazing. You were part of the hazing. Absolutely. That's hazard pay where I come from. And uh, so we were out there on that goalpost, not exaggerating, probably like an extra 45 minutes before someone came to get us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny now, ain't it? Oh, it's hilarious. Over yeah, that. You, you love it, don't you? Huh? I got I to gotta feel we may be... Strapped to a, a goalpost before the end of this year hey, on this show. You'd be surprised, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> get off the rope. Hey, by the way, Coos isn't here today. Yeah. But well, we got to do it to Coos. Oh, without it. Without, because you know he's not listening right now anyway. So, yeah. I'll bring the baby powder and you bring the rope. And we'll, we'll save his eyebrows while we're at it. Absolutely. All right. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Thanks for the rookie hazing story. You're welcome. Yeah. <clears throat> My apologies. <laughs> Martino. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
Hey, by the way, uh, I was talking about golf and getting ready for a PGA Championship. Uh, big weekend over at the PGA Tour Superstore, too. Is, uh, local is up on our uh, video platforms, and we're going to partner up with those guys uh, in the coming weeks for a pretty cool contest and, and be on location. So uh, stay tuned for information on that. But tomorrow, did you know, Saturday is Women's Golf Appreciation Day. First 50 women enter the store. Saturday will receive a goodie bag, and there's also a Women's Golf Clinic at uh, 10 a.m. over at the uh, St. John's Town Center. So uh, if you're uh, into golf, if you're a woman, National Women's Golf Appreciation Day tomorrow. Uh, at, at least the PGA Tour Superstore is honoring it and honoring you on Mother's Day weekend. So uh, get on out there to the St. John's Town Center, get some free stuff, and uh, get a clinic as well. All right, stay in your lane time, Austin Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into it. Cruise control. Going to Jerry, well, it's going to the New Orleans Saints, but this is, involves Jerry Hillis of uh, St. Roche, New Orleans. Uh, three years ago, he lost his leg due to a bacterial infection, and with no ramp outside, he had to hop down the steps and crawl up them. Well, the New Orleans Saints weren't having it and ended up building a ramp and also helped him renovate his home and help out a situation. Some of the players that took part were Michael Thomas, Zach Line, Taylor Stallworth, Keith Kirkwood, Darnell Sankey and Cameron Jordan. So That's props cool. out to the Saints. That's yeah. pretty neat. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. And then uh, pump your brakes. This is a story that's been circulating the past couple days. Uh, we've been busy, so we're finally getting to it now. But Aisha Curry, uh, the wife of Steph Curry, was recently quoted on a TV show uh, that she said she hated how much attention Steph gets from females on social media and that she wishes sometimes that she would get more guys uh, that holler at her. Listen. I respect her being a mother. Uh, I respect her being a wife, and I respect her being fed up with girls trying to holler at her husband in the DMs. Respect all of it. But you're really shocked that's happening? I mean, here's the thing. You probably shouldn't come out and say you wish guys hit on you more um, because guys will, because it's uh, the whole social media game yeah. is a crazy one. Um and do you, like, I, I get, I'm sure Steph is a great person, but I guarantee the thirsty women in his DMs aren't really interested in that. I think they're interested more in um, how much money he's making. And if I, I think if Aisha feels like she should get more attention, then it's simple. Uh, go be a first-round pick of the NBA. Uh, work super hard, become a three-time NBA champion, single-handedly change the way the game is played, and become the greatest three-point shooter of all time, and make millions of dollars. If you do those things, then I guarantee your DMs will be off the charts. So, <laughs> there you go. It, it's easy as that. I mean, it's just... A good segue, you, by the well, way. You can't be mad at your NBA husband is getting more attention than you, just like you can't be mad uh, that you get sandy when you go to the beach. Okay? Like, it's... Simple what would as you that. expect? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Potavidra Lacrosse up 10 to 8 with two minutes to go in the uh, state semifinal down in Jupiter, so hopefully they can hang on to win. JU Women's Lacrosse I was just gonna is ask losing that. right now uh, in Michigan 12 to 8, but they've got t- there's plenty of time. Second, uh, 10 and a half minutes to go in the second, so uh, plenty of time there for the JU uh, women's lacrosse team. We wish them uh, the best of luck. Get some NBA thoughts in just a moment. But right now, I want to welcome in John Phillips from the law offices of John Phillips. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, John. How are you? Hey, guys. What is going on? I mean, are you at the beach or something like that, getting ready for a big, fun weekend? Or uh, it, oh, you're probably busy working. Gonna, it is going to be a Chamber of Commerce weekend in Jacksonville, I think. Um, but, but I, so I had this plane crash stuff all week. Yeah. And I don't know, some people know, but I won a jet ski, sea on Let's Make a Deal. 
Did you really? Uh, a year, a year ago. Yeah, dressed up as Alexander Hamilton. It's. I, I remember seeing those pictures. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if that was like if you were kidding or not. That was real. Today, today is literally the first day we've gotten it in the water. So it's it's uh, parked out by my house, and I'm gonna enjoy my my free seat this weekend. Well, wait a wait a minute. Wait. Hey, hey, Austin, when are we doing the show from John's house? That's a good point. Let's do it. I mean, there's no NCAA rules or anything that uh, <laughs> you can say. Well, even with the sea do. And then I'll tell you what, John. I appreciate how Brent's being all buddy buddy with me all of a sudden. But uh, I got to ask you a question. I'm not sure if you've been listening to the show today, but I got into a little story about hazing. And basically, what happened was to make a long story short, I got tied to a goalpost. I got baby powder poured on me, and I got water poured on me. And Brent Martineau watched this thing go down. Um, I asked Brent for help. He laughed and walked away. Can I sue Brent Martineau for anything for pain and suffering, or have the statute of limitations already reached the point? The statute of limitations would have run, but yeah. the, the hazing statute, uh, as, as in Florida law, generally is to go after the person doing the hazing or any official organization which is condoning or sponsoring oh, oh yeah but they're, 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 they're all my friends though so let's, 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 let's forget <laughs> about that i, I want to focus on the guy who i asked for help who didn't help that took part as well can i sue brent well, martino we'll get we'll get britain we'll get britain now oh my gosh we'll get we'll get martino on uh on on something else. I did have a question for you, John, actually, speaking of getting Brent. Yeah. Well, I was telling the story earlier in the week, and I said I'm going to ask John. Oh, that's right. Right? So yeah. I eat sunflower seeds in my truck, and I have a red Solo cup that I spit the sunflower seeds into. Can a police officer, because it's a red Solo cup, potentially assume that there might be alcohol in there? And pull me over. Um, that wouldn't be probable cause alone. If you were swerving while eating sunflower seeds or speeding, but I mean, it's a stretch because at the end of the day, you know, people dip. You know, this is the South. There's dip, yeah. dip cups and everything else. Um, you've got to have probable cause to pull over, which needs to be some sort of general moving violation. Um, if they just pass by you and you're you're spitting into a cup that that does not constitute probable cause, and it would be an unlawful detention. Okay, all right. I, I'm I'm glad to hear that, but I do I I sincerely wonder that sometimes because I have this cup, and I'm like, what if I'm next to a cop right now? And, and by the way, I mean I don't break any rules driving, so there would be even no probable if, cause. Even if you had a sticker on the back of your car that said "I eat anything," you know, anything explicit is. I think I know what you're talking about. So yeah. um, I'm glad. I'm just glad I'm safe. I don't care what happened to anybody else. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that's good. Uh, how how busy is this? This is a week ago tonight, the plane crash. Um, what's how in, how involved are you with this right we've now? Got, and, we've got twelve. I think twelve victims. Wow. Um, you know, the main thing we're doing is is pro bono free uh, assessment of making sure that Miami Air gets them everything that was in their luggage, paid for, restored, whatever. It's hard to it's going to be hard to restore because it was soaked in jet fuel. Yeah. But yeah. you know, make sure that they don't lose a single penny, uh, and also that they get this twenty five hundred dollars without uh, any commitment to waiving rights. 
that's all free. And then if, if they have cases, which there are broken noses, there are concussions, there's, there's some serious stuff out there. There's, there's one girl that was throwing up until yesterday um, from a concussion that, that, you know, this was, a, this was a significant event. And so we're just kind of monitoring it. And, and uh, I've spoken to so many um, sailors and, and, and Navy contractors this week. It's, it's kind of done my heart good in advance of Memorial Day. Um, John, from from the aspect of you know of that plane, I mean, what I heard was there are some animals, you know, there are some pets on board as well that, that unfortunately didn't make it. I mean, I assume people would have grounds to sue the airline for that as well for losing a pet, losing a loved one. Certainly, pet pet is pet, pets are interesting in state by state, but they would they would a pet isn't a loved one in Florida's eyes, and it's okay. not a huh. you don't get to restore you know, uh, pain and suffering as it relates to the value of a pet. It's an economic loss. So if you have, if you had a, let's say a palm ski that that was worth, you know, retail a thousand dollars or $5,000, then you would get that thousand or 5,000. If you get a mutt, no matter how much you love that mutt, they'd say, here's, you know, here's $35. Um, take it or leave it. But when you have, you know, when you have trauma and somebody dying, uh, you know, a pet dying, and particularly a gruesome death like dying in jet fuel, um, if not on impact, it, 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 drowning in jet fuel, it, it, it's something that, that needs to be looked at differently. And I, I believe two pet owners lost their animals. One had it in the, had it in the cabin and survived, but two pet owners lost, you know, their, their family members. We have, you know, we have little scout and we love her dearly. It would be terrible. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's very interesting. Good question right there. Okay. Before we wrap up with you, John Phillips, uh, law offices of John Phillips tackling the law. Like we do every couple of weeks here on action sports shacks on ESPN 690 and head into the weekend is it the Telvin Smith situation. Yeah. I don't really know what to ask you from a legal standpoint because we really don't right. know what's up. Right. But how closely how closely are you following that from uh, from a legal standpoint? You know, we're following it from a football deal, and also we hope he, he's okay, uh, right. whatever he's dealing with. But do you feel like this could enter the legal realm at some point in some way, shape, or form with potentially something that happened or potentially his contract? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, agents, agents and, and lawyers at NFLPA and, and potentially the brass, the Jaguars could get together and try to deal with some some residual issues. I, I don't know how it's going to affect the caps, um, you know, how, how all of that works out with, with guaranteed money and all that. But at the end of the day, it sounds like Telvin just wants to walk away and not get paid anything and, and just, just take some time and, and, you know, anytime you see a guy doing that, number one, you hope they get back if they want to come back because it's, it's hard to get back in after a year out. Um, but he certainly has the physique for it. But, you know, we're, I, I, I sent a message out saying, you know, if you, if you need – Austin can talk about it way more than, you know, 44-year-old heavyset John Phillips can. But it, it, the grind and the meat market and the – and the constant race of, of professional sports, but particular football, you know, is a lot. Um, plus you add in the CTE and everything else going on. And you just, you know, if he needs anything contractually, we're happy to help with it. And, uh, 
you know, just take care of, you know, athletes need to take care of themselves and their business and make sure they have living wills and, and just kind of keep keep their business side going so that they can make decisions like this. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep our eye on that. Uh, maybe talk to you next week about anything else yeah. happening in the world of sports. Uh, but and, and by the way, earlier in the show, I'm glad you just brought it up like that and what Austin could talk about because we spent a lot of time on it today, talking about the culture in the NFL locker room and some of those kind of things, a little spinoff of what just uh, John was mentioning there. All right, be careful on that sea but have some fun with it, man. Trim game tomorrow. Everybody go out. It's like a 3.05 night, so it's going to be fun. Awesome. Uh, and uh, happy Mother's Day to your wife. Thank you. All right. You soon. See you. Right. See you, Bye. John. John Phillips from the Law Offices of John Phillips. Uh, we're almost done. We're up against it. NBA yeah, tonight. Are. What yeah. do you think? Game six. We're going to game seven. You almost got to, right? That's, that's the narrative of NBA, man. Let's get some Game 7s going on. I think uh, Durant being out, playing in Houston, you got to like Houston's chances there. Yeah, I think so, too. And then do you like their chances with Durant out in Game 7? Or is yeah. Steph Curry going to step up now these last couple of games and make a difference? I think it's going to be the story of the Splash Brothers. I think they get it done in Game 7. Uh, they win this series, and I'm curious to see what happens with the whole Denver-Portland series as well because there's another Game 7 it's going to. What a missed opportunity it would be for the Rockets if you yeah. take those last few minutes yeah. and then you take these two games with no Durant. And, That's well, a break now. And, it's a um, big break. And I'm not trying to knock injuries or people getting hurt, but the fact that Cousins is out and the fact that Kevin Durant is out now, like, yeah, if there was ever a time to do your thing and advance in the playoffs, this is the season to do that. And again, I said it earlier in the week, I mean, we're talking about the mental fortitude of the Golden State Warriors. We talk about their physical play yeah. and their talent, but the mental well, fortitude is starting to show up. And Brennan, what do you got for the, the 76ers and the Raptors as well coming up against yeah, I mean, this I weekend? Think Toronto's better. Mm -hmm. Let's we'll see if the 76ers squeak it out, but it feels like Toronto's better. I think Toronto's better. I think it's a harder place to play. Um, Toronto's going to be at home. So, sorry, Coos, but I'm taking the Raptors. All right. Have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Pontevedra Sharks move on to the state championship game. I'll show you all about it on TV tonight, Fox 30 and CBS 47. Thanks, Scott, for hanging out with us. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.